Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 63 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I've always got my East Coast slashers with me. NES Ruler22, also known as Jeremy, and of course, we got the Double Shot J, also known as JP. What's oh. going on, homies? I'm actually not an East Coaster, so fuck you. Close enough. You're East to me. Why can't we be your fake titty buddies? <laughs> yeah. Man, it's getting... It, honestly, it's really hard to concentrate. It took a long time to start up the show because we had a, you know... Our pregame was interrupted with some... Uh, some Chatterbait. Chatterbait, yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is because I was beating the shit out of myself over here. <laughs> yeah, all Moots wanted was see ass to mouth. Man, that's the first time I've ever seen that before. And I, I I think it's just hilarious that you can just log on to that and just watch. Like, yeah, you don't have to like to get of, into the site. Yeah, there's like hundreds of different uh, cam, both guys, girls. I think there's transsexuals. Yep. Yeah, that is really, really bizarre to me. And then the thing that even made the whole situation more bizarre to me is that, you know, they are doing whatever they're doing on screen, but people are still throwing down cash when they don't have to. Yeah, that's that is really crazy, honestly. When you go to a strip club and you throw down cash when you don't have to. Well, it's yeah, but you, it's personal. You're right there. People start getting yeah. mad at you if you don't. Yeah. They walk away from you or whatever. But uh, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, we call what we do before the show pregame. It's where we talk about stuff or talk about the show or just sometimes bullshit before we get into recording. Uh, most of the time, we do it way too long. Uh, and Kyle. You guys know Kyle was uh, drunk, and he had a couple of his friends over his house, and we got on Skype with him, and next thing you know, we're in Chatterbait fucking making fun fun of people. So that's what we were doing. Watching these two hot lesbians just going to town. I don't even know what you would call that, really. Like, that is a weird position, and they were doing some stuff. Yeah, like our fucking legs were over their head. Like, it's like, how are you not getting fucking stomach cramps? Yeah, man, I wasn't complaining. She was definitely getting a workout there. Well, both of them actually were. A killer workout. <laughs> killer workout. Yeah. So what's been going on, guys? I'm still fucking sick. I've been sick for like a week and a half. I don't know what it is with these new strains of, you know, sickness. Super AIDS. What the? Yeah, super AIDS, man. What the fuck? Like, I remember when I was younger, I used to get over this shit within like, you know, two, three, four days. I think that's you know? saying you're getting old. That's exactly what I was getting at. I think I'm getting old or something because it's, now it's lasting like fucking 10 to 14 days to 20 days it's like what the fuck is going on i don't know man my throat has been just dried i've been having to drink lots which isn't a problem because my choice of liquid is usually beer so it is what it is but no i'm just like why can't i get better it's fucking annoying you know doing these podcasts is tough man it's tough on the voice you know but i miss those good old days you know getting over that shit and like Three, four hours, you'd be back outside playing in the snow with your homies. <laughs> it's not like that shit anymore, man. It's fucking annoying. But yeah. So what's been going on, Jeremy? You missed last week. You missed a good one, man. It was the Lucio Fulci Gates of Hell trilogy, man. Yeah. I was really curious to see what you was going to say about those ones. Well, because I was curious to see, you know, if any of these were going to make the Hall of Fame. Because I already knew my ratings were going to be pretty high. Wait, and- wait, wait. Hold up, hold up. You actually want to hear what I have to say? What? Well, of course we do. Of course we do. But, you know, this because I knew mine were going to be coming in high already. And I was I was a little unsure about GP, but I was really curious on you. I was really curious on you if you're going to come in super low or if these had potential to possibly make Hall of Fame-ish. Of course, Jeremy doesn't actually know my ratings. 
uh, because he would never actually listen no to way. the show. Hell, well, no way. In fact, we don't even know what his ratings are because he never sends them to you after the shows and stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah because Some JP gets all butthurt because I don't send listen, my ratings. I'm not even going to get into it right now, but it's absolutely ridiculous. Grammar don't slam, have bitch. them get right there grammar. ready for him to go to send to me right after the show. bitching at me. Get me fucking at least have good grammar. Oh, God. <laughs> I, can, I, think so I think it's so ironic that the Jews, the grammar Nazi. Mm-hmm. Like, is that not that the most like, fucked up thing? He's like, you're banned until you send him the ratings. And he, you spends, just, and he you, spells your Y-O-U-R. Well, Learn it's convenient, dude. It's convenient. Bullshit. To type R-E, it's that. Not even R-E. To type an E, it's that much harder. Well, well sometimes it is, man. It's that extra letter, man. It's that extra time. Yeah, no. yeah, honestly, honestly, like sometimes I'm literally in the middle of doing things. I don't fucking think about what I'm saying. I know what you know what I'm trying to say to you. <laughs> you know, that I'm, trying, you know that I'm yelling at you. And I'm let's just, be honest, when you yell at people, you often say shit that don't make sense because you're angry. Oh, it makes sense. You just have bad grammar. Ah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I do have bad grammar, though. You are correct. Grammar. But you know. But yeah, I was, you know, I was really curious on, you know, your thoughts on these films considering, you know, they're, you know, Fulci classics in my opinion. But, you know, since one of your, you know, I guess one of your more liked films of the year was, you know, kind of a love letter to Lucio Fulci too. So I was really curious to see what you thought of, you know, where, you know, they were inspired well, to the make reason, that film. The reason I thought that Jeremy actually might like them, because there was mm-hmm. a debate where, because Jeremy's kind of a, a film snob. To, to uh-huh. a certain extent. <laughs> that's, that's a good statement. And he... I thought that he might like them because they're so out there and weirdo. Um, and that's kind of... He likes that kind of shit. Which I do too. But he likes it more than mm-hmm. me, usually. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think it could have went one of two ways. He would have either found them really stupid or he would have appreciated the weirdness of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not like, you know, David Lynch weird or nothing like that. or It's just... It's like the look and tone of it. They're just different. You know, they're just really, really different type of films. And it would have been interesting. But so and you were what were you doing? You were on set. Yeah, I was on set line producing a what it's called a 72 hour film. It's a it's a worldwide festival film festival that um, seven o'clock on Friday evening. The festival sends you two genres. You don't know what the genres are going to be until they send them to you at seven o'clock on the Friday and then you have to write the movie, shoot the movie, and edit the movie in 72 hours. Okay, yeah. tell the audience what a line producer does. Okay, so a line producer basically handles the money and makes the budget. So this program called Movie Magic, uh, you learn in film school. Uh, Is it magic, though? I Is guess it it's magic. It, it's, it works It's magic? Yeah, it's a lot easier than having <laughs> to do this shit by hand. I guess so. So movie magic budgeting and movie magic scheduling and budget is a movie magic budgeting is really, 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 really hard to learn. There's a lot of shit that goes into it. I don't even know that much how to do it. I've line produced a few times now, but um, so line producer basically makes the budgets and handles the money. But on this case, since it was a smaller production uh, and it was this, you know, 72 hour type of a thing, I had to find locations in do my typical fucking Jewy craft services that I yeah, but this started. is not just by chance. By chance, you'd fall into this type of job. Yeah, you know, money, the guy man. that handles the money. Yeah, I mean, really, like it, yeah, it's just I mean, not by chance. It's, it's not like you. Yeah, it just it's it's totally just ironic. You know, you know a me. Bit, I make but, every dollar count. 
Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. In the 72 hours, how much of those 72 hours did you slack off? (laughs) Uh, Everything, because I did everything before production started. There you go. (laughs) So you spent – so what you're saying is you spent most of that time at the beach. Yeah. No, I was was on set. It was just I did, you know, get get the fucking location before we started shooting and then – and then so was it a success i think it was a success the director i worked with uh he won best drama last year so i think like so what was the uh what was the genre of this superheroes superheroes oh well at least it wasn't like romantic comedy so we, bullshit. Used, so we came up with chicken nugget man chicken nugget man that sounds yeah. awful yeah and he threw chicken nuggets at people Hey, I'm not part of the creative side. Yeah, I, you better money. not be, because I would. I was gonna say, man, you. what? Who the fuck came up with chicken nugget, man? That's that might be like the worst idea ever. Hey, man, I just hey, I just handled money. <laughs> Jeremy's and, like, and, look, and, I had nothing to chicken. do with. I'm it, trying man. to wrap my head around this right now. I'm not a creative. Are you sure it person. wasn't just straight up comedy? No, it was fucking superhero. <laughs> and they give you like a prop you have to have. Serious. And this year's prop was chicken nuggets. So they came okay, up. Okay, so that nuggets. make, but, but that is like is I know that is literally like the prop, right? <laughs> but it's like, what am I going to say? Like, oh, that's stupid. I can't say that. It's, I'm not creative. I'm, you pretty yeah. much said it without saying it. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm not going to say it to his face. Like, oh, I think this is a stupid idea. So who was who was the creative side on this on this uh, project? Bill Sabub or what? The yeah, director that, and the that's, fucking right. That's a build above fucking plot line right there. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, the, and his sidekick, Potato Chip Girl. Fuck, man, this can't wow. get any worse. Are you sure it like, wasn't? These aren't even like funny, is, creative. Yeah, like, yeah, man, if this was comedy, this is failing at comedy too, man. This is yeah. just hilarious. Hey, man. So, how long did it have to be? Uh, like seven minutes. Seven minutes? Uh, well, I mean, I guess I could handle that for seven minutes. I mean, really, it's not too bad. Yeah, I'd rather just make a fucking short about a depressed clown who wants to kill himself. That sounds yeah. Me. I think I mean, show- I mean, at least that sounds legit because I think most clowns are depressed because they're fucking clowns, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, they, they have, up in that they outfit have a fake smile day. on, right? That's the fucking yeah. whole concept. Exactly. They're just fucking yeah. miserable ass people. I'd be miserable too with those fucking size of feet, man. Fuck that. And then I Walk was around more... flippers on your feet, man. And also during that week. I've been working on a feature story for journalism, and on the record, fucking journalism sucks. I fucking hate it. I hate it. I absolutely hate journalism. Coming from the guy that's a complete news junkie. News I'm a news junkie. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But like, no, 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 no. Like, what I do on the site, on the website, that kind of writing, I absolutely love because I feel like, especially with my writing style, I feel like I'm having a conversation with my reader. It's very casual. I'm just shitting the breeze to my audience, but journalism is all fucking professional and you have to follow a certain style and and you I'm have to a, interview people yeah and i hate that and it's just it's not for me i'd rather just stick with my you gotta interview making. like 21 ventriloquists in one week yeah I did ventrilo- that is way too much i mean ugh, i couldn't i can't take those people serious man was there oh, any were, awkward ones did you do any in person or do you just do them by phone or whatever yeah just i was wondering that see i thought so you was doing them in person See if you were you doing really it in think person. Anyone ventriloquist in Chicago? You know Probably. for a fact. You know <laughs> for a fact that at least one or two of those ventriloquists was answering the questions with holding that doll. 
and he was doing his act. Yeah, you know, yeah he was. Just that fucking weird. It's like, do I have to? Do I have? He to knows he can't even see you, but he's doing it anyways because he's just weird. So, did you ask any of them if they saw that episode of Tales from the Crypt? No. Why would I ask that? Because that's a good question. Yeah, it's an icebreaker, dude. Question. You're like, so have you ever seen the episode of Tales from the Crypt? I would ask if they see magic before Tales from the Crypt. You're not, not a true magic. fan. You're not a true fan. What's wrong with magic? I don't even know what that is. Really? Magic is a great film, actually. Magic yep. is a magic is a good film. That's me. I agree. It's a good seventies oddball film. <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah, so journalism it's... sucks. I hate it. Sticking with filmmaking. That's for me. Yeah. That's probably the route I would take too. Yeah. And, and journalists, I just you know, I are pretentious. You know, I'm not They're a big more fan pretentious of... than I am. Well, yeah, they fucking sit behind like their journalism. computer screen and they don't talk to people. And then, at least filmmaking, you talk to different people and you collaborate and like you join together to make this overall product. Journalism is you just sit by yourself, being fucking a pretentious loser. Ugh. Unless you're doing like big cases, like in the yeah. movies and stuff. But generally, journalism is you know going to dog shows and reporting on the winners. And well, in this case, in this day and age, everyone, every dog wins. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so. JP's laughing. I can hear him. Fuck. So what's going on, JP? What? How'd your week go? Uh, oh, Ronda week, lost. We're not going to talk about that. Oh right? yeah. Woohoo! That the was the greatest thing ever. Ronda Rousey getting the queen has fallen. Long live the preacher's daughter, Holly Holm. I'm officially the fucking stupidest person in the face of the planet right now. I before the show, um, I was saying to everybody, I was like, you know what, Ronda Rousey's going to lose tonight. And they're like, oh, it's because she's being all cocky and shit talking. I was like, well, maybe a little bit, but I think that she's the always matchup done that. Was, well, and, and I was like, you know, and, but I, she did seem a little off though when she started the shit in the uh, at the weigh-ins and stuff. Yeah, I was like, I That's thought a little so interesting. Too. Yeah, she I was like, seemed like she was almost about to cry. It was weird yeah, when some, he, Joe Rogan interviewed her. I was like, what? Something seemed off, and then I I started you know um, just kind of thinking about it and stuff, and I was like, and she's going into a fight where this girl home she can fucking stand up and fight like she's the best at this. And so the only way that she's going to win this fight is she takes her down if uh, Ronda Rousey takes her down and does her game and not yeah. try to play Holmes' fight. And, you know, if she does, she's going to get knocked the fuck out. But, and guess what happened in the second? But Ronda tried, though. Ronda tried to uh, take her down and and, ba- and win the clinch battles. Holmes was, like, stronger than her. And that so yeah. surprised me, dude. It, I was, was fucking mind blown. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, she did. She tried. But uh, – ultimately failed and he got knocked the fuck and got out. knocked out exactly how i mean you know i wasn't expecting that type of amazing high kick like i mean that was like sean michaels that's, that's the only way i thought she was gonna man. do it dude if you know if you know anything about fuck. home i've been watching home since she was in legacy yeah. fighting championship on the regional circuit she she got that hard head kick man she's she was a kickboxer yeah. A lot of people don't know that she was a professional kickboxer as yep. well as a boxer. She's got the body for it because she's tall and lanky. She's got those long legs. She's got a long reach, so she's great for kickboxing. Yeah, she she yeah, she's legit, man. But I, I think Rousey, yeah. I think people were giving Rousey too hard of a time, dude. That that chick has more pressure than any human could even oh, yeah. ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Like literally one percent of the population, less than that, will ever experience what she has experienced. Uh, all the talk shows of- and all the radio shows yeah. and all the huge uh, Jimmy Fallon's and everything, dude. That chick has the most insane mm. life like you can't you can't falter for yeah, but how do you think punk's gonna feel when he in. comes fucking out i don't know man i don't know i, I guess well he's hurt i've been right? hearing Almost some stuff him. about him lately he's hurt yeah he no he had a he's just he didn't have to have surgery which is a good thing but i'm looking for him to make his debut july in july at ufc 200 yeah 
But do you think Ronda's going to come back in UFC 200? I do. I do. I think that that's where the rematch mm. will be. That's not what I want to see happen. I would rather see Ronda rebuild herself, go out, take another fight, have home defend her title against Misha Tate. And then whoever wins, you have that rematch either way with Rousey. Um, but I think they'll do the rematch right away. And I honestly think R- Rousey is the most elite athlete when it comes to mental and physical attributes. And I do think that that she has a great chance at, at winning a rematch. Like she is mm-hmm. mentally stronger than than almost anybody. Yeah. Yeah, but she was yeah. a bitch when she got off the airplane. Well, she didn't. I mean, she didn't want I a bunch know. of people taking pictures of her face. She had. Uh, her, I mean, that's her, just natural, her, man. Her, she had to actually have a plastic surgeon come in, and her lip was split wide open. That's yeah, insane. That's <laughs> crazy, man. Yeah, that kick was fucking unreal. Yeah, that I had a great it's crazy time. Stuff, man. I bought a bunch of food, fucking watched fights. It, that was that was super good for, you know, a great, a great end to a terrible week that I had before dealing with suicides and fucking exterminate. Uh, you guys have. Yeah, what happened with? Oh, you tell me. I mean, you want to know? You want to yeah, know? Yeah, It's it's a little it's a little bit of a story. Okay, hey, man. Okay, you know, it's kind of related. It's bloody. It's on a so, horror podcast. <laughs> I was at work and I heard a coworker yell down 911 over the walkie and i was like it was did she just say down 911 you know it's like kind of weird and then it, she she sounded panicked she's like she's like jp down 911 and i was like what the fuck and i, I and i just like ran out of the thing she, and then she's like she just kept talking over the walkie she's like come up come to the third floor you know and i'm like oh shit so i i ran up there and i went i ended up on the i went up the stairs and ended up on the opposite side of the hall that she was and i seen that there was like a figure on the ground and her standing next to it so i ran down there and i see that this dude and he's laying face down with his hands out in front of him and he was i seen that he looked his pants were like covered in something and i was like i was like did this dude like shit himself because his pants were all brown and stuff and i was like what the i thought it was some drunk dude who like fell and and you know hit his head you know that's happened before and then I got closer and I was like, that's blood. And I, I start looking at this guy and he's just covered in blood, like head to toe. And I thought, and I didn't even realize it was blood because it was so dark. It was almost black. Like it was starting to like coagulate and, and it was getting stringy and shit. It was nasty, dude. And I'm, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I started panicking, you know, I'm like, what the fuck, what the fuck do I do? And, and other people started running up the stairs and I'm looking around and I'm like, yo, what the, what the hell are we supposed to do? And, you know, at this point we had already called 911 and I ran over to a cart where we keep gloves and I grabbed some gloves because I didn't want any fucking blood on me, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm looking around at everybody. I'm like, yo, like this dude's going to fucking die. Like what's wrong with him? And then I see one of my other coworkers notion to me and do this like thing where she put ran her finger across her wrist. And at mm. that point I knew like, Oh shit, dude, like tried to kill himself. And I look down and I see his wrists are just like leaking this thick blood. Like it's not even bleeding like hardcore anymore, but there's just puddles of blood around his arms. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, we got to do something, yo. And nobody's doing anything. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I, I have no idea what to do. I, I grabbed some towels and I, I just bent down. I started wrapping up dude's arms. And I was holding it. And then another coworker came over and grabbed one of his arms and like just put pressure on it. I just put pressure on his other arm. And then 
a ambulance finally got there about five minutes later and the other co-workers were like talking to him like buddy you're gonna be okay and stuff like that it, it was fucked and they get there and i'm holding on to his wrist and i'm like yo 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 what what am i doing and the paramedic was just like just stay there and i was like okay and uh i was just standing there holding his wrists with my with towels and shit and then one of the paramedics came over and lifted up the towel that i had on one of his wrists and I got a good look at what was there. And I swear to God, dude, I've never seen something like that, dude. Dude's meat was, like, hanging out of his wrist. It was so thick to the bone. And it was both arms. Both arms were cut to the bone. And I, yeah, he wild, started, man. the yeah. paramedics started wrapping one of the wrists. And I was like, yo, you want me to let this other one go? And he's like, no, just, you know, hold on to it or whatever. And then eventually they got to the other wrist. And then uh, it cost us $6,000 to get a cleanup crew in there because there was just blood everywhere. Like, it clogged the, the drains. We had to get new drains. Like, it was so bad. Well, did he die? No, he didn't. Man, that's, it, that's Man, truly incredible that he apologize. didn't die after doing both yeah. wrists that deep, though. I know. It was that's really, really <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so that, that was, like, the start. That wasn't even the start of my week. That was, like, already bad things had happened that week. And that was just the middle of my bad week. <laughs> so my question is, JP, what would you rate that horror film? Uh, <laughs> honestly, gore-wise, it was pretty awesome. Like, like some of the coworkers actually was having like nightmares and shit the next day. They were pretty shooken up. Yeah, oh, man. wouldn't you I, have I, nightmares you too? No, out of I, a wrist, man? I didn't have nightmares. I didn't even. I actually slept great. I, I kind of forgot about it for a second, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that well, happened yesterday." Of course, of course, you slept good, man. You were the one running around doing all the damn work. You were fucking exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> you needed some rest. Uh, man. Yeah, but I was just like, you know, I like, I always th- went, like, I think of the future, and I was just like, if this guy fucking dies, dude, I'm gonna feel like shit if I didn't do anything. If I knew I could have done something, so I was just like, I'm gonna just try something, and you know, just, I don't know if I really had an effect on him or not, but I at least wanted to attempt something in case he did. Well, die. I mean, he didn't die, so maybe you did. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Yeah. Um, that dude seriously like if you're gonna kill yourself for real like future reference to anybody out there who's planning on doing it first call a suicide hotline and and talk to them second if you really really want to do it like do something that's not gonna fuck up someone else's day jump off a building that's gonna fuck up someone's day. <laughs> well, how are you not gonna? Fuck Somebody got to clean up? that up. Uh, yeah, I mean, hang think about yourself. Those poor people that got to clean that shit. Hang, up. hang yourself. Take a bunch of pills or something. I don't know, man. Just, how just, just call don't the hotline. Do We're not that. trying to condone suicide here. Yeah, absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. Call the hotline. Get some help because yeah, you know, yeah. just always remember someone's got to clean that shit up. It's not fucking fun. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. So, well, yeah, that's pretty shitty. Oh, by yeah, the way, don't uh, tell anybody about that. <laughs> it's classified shit, eh? Uh, nice. Now the whole world knows. Well, your week was definitely – well, your guys' weeks was more interesting than mine. I did fuck all this week except for be sick and watch a couple movies. That was it, man. I did shit, man. Really, really nothing. So I guess we'll just move right on uh, Why we're all here. Episode 63. No, I'm going to leave. Peace. <laughs> Episode 63, week three. Of the Italian Horror Month, and today's director spotlight is Michele Suave. Yeah, the probably, in my opinion, one of the most underrated Italian directors out there, and it's probably mostly in due to the fact of his filmography is not huge. It's three uh-huh. films, four films, but it's now, solid. How many did? He, how really, many horror films did he make? 
uh, I think he directed four, yeah. like four, and and then you know, and everything after uh, Cemetery Man, I believe, is just Italian TV films, and mm-hmm. and which and, and which is really strange too, because after he did Cemetery Man, he he really just kind of dipped into all these type of genres like drama and you know thrillers and comedy and war, and he he dipped into everything except for horror, and I don't really understand it, but we'll get to we'll get to that talk of Cemetery Man later in the show, so, but uh, yeah, JP, we got some news. Yeah, we do. We don't have that much this week, but as always, we will talk about what we do have. First up, I thought this was some fantastic news. I think Moods would also think this was some fantastic news. This one kind of flew under the radar. I didn't really see many sites. I didn't see any sites posting it. I just seen it on Facebook, uh, which I should, probably should have put it on our site, but I didn't yet. Uh Horrors Hollowed Grounds, Sean Clark, one of my favorite special features out there. This started as a article in the Horror Hound magazine where Sean Clark would visit these historic horror locations and do comparisons of what it looks like now from what it looked like in the film. And he eventually started doing them on video, which I thought was so fucking cool. And he did, he started years ago and it was just as like a fan project. And then eventually it made its way onto some special mm-hmm. feature DVDs. I think Texas Chainsaw was one of the first ones. And of course he went on to do one for the first two Scream Factory releases, which was Halloween 2 and Halloween 3. And he's done a few more. There you go. And and he's done a few more throughout. He did The Fog, and I think he did The Howling. uh, And he kind of slowed down a little bit. And then when the box set, the big Halloween set came out, he did a few more for some of the other Halloween films. And he actually just recently said on Facebook that he is currently in production on five brand new episodes of Horrors Hollowed Grounds uh, during 2016. The only title currently announced was creep show uh which is going to be part of michael felsher's just desserts documentary uh the others will be revealed officially announced by the powers that be so they'll probably be scream factory ones and he also goes on to say that he will be returning to doing it in the horror hound magazine as well so great stuff from sean clark i'm a huge sean clark fan the dude uh, has done a few different commentaries. Uh, he's mostly a like agent for actresses such as Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, he was mm-hmm. one. He was the reason that she did that. Uh, Twenty five years of terror, or uh, what was it? Thir- the thirtieth anniversary. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. That that he was one of the primary reasons that she did that. Like the dude is. Uh, he was in Tales of Halloween recently. Moods. We've seen that. The dude's all over the place. He's very ingrained in horror culture, and uh, you know. I love that Horace Hollow Grounds, dude. It really is. I think it's the best special feature that, that you know. On the 35th anniversary. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it's the best special feature that is like a reoccurring feature. I'm really, I'm curious on the, on the creep show. Is he going to be doing just one or two locations or like, because creep show has, you know, five, five locations like you know five shorts right so there's a lot of different locations i wonder how he's going to do that because that's got potential to be quite a long episode you know if, yeah yeah it's, it's almost it's almost like five and one it's crazy yeah definitely uh but that's kind of cool man yeah kind of so, cool that's pretty cool uh then after that we have a thing that i did read uh, I think Zach posted it where apparently scream factory announced some new flicks which we'll talk about in a minute but they apparently it's the cursed films apparently they are in an aspect ratio that is un unpopular i don't don't know what the word is Yeah, it's like 20 it was like two 
one two thirty seven, right? I'm, I'm like seeing one point seven eight. Yeah, that's like yeah. A, or that's what they like. They're gonna release them as yeah. Instead of two point three five. Two point three five is the re- yeah. So, and my question is why? Well, why it, release them? Like this is the problem that I have with everybody who like instantly hates on Scream Factory because the fact is is like they only have what MGM gives them. This is an MGM title, so it's not like that they're just like oh we're gonna fuck the fans. No, it's just like that's what they're working with. No, um, no, no, no. It's not about that. It's more of the fact that, like, why wouldn't you just try to put out the best quality, you know, release? You know, just people knowing that. It's like, well, fuck, man. This isn't even the aspect ratio is supposed to be in. You know, there is people that really do care about this shit. You know, it's not just hating on Screen Factory, in my opinion. It's just like, why wouldn't you just try to put out the best possible product mm-hmm. that you could? Like, I mean, they don't have to release Curse 1 and 2. It's not a big deal if they don't, right? Yeah, but I want so to just, see Curse 1 and 2. But you can get the double DVD pack for fucking two bucks. I want to see it I on Blu-ray. I got it, man. You know, and it's just like, but I'm just saying, you know, if you want to put out that elite and stay an elite, you know, force in the media world, start putting out those elite So you products. want them to go like Criterion? No, no, no. Just at least put the right fucking aspect ratios on their discs. I, see, it's simple. I just don't feel like if if it's not available... I just couldn't well, see Criterion doing that, being like, we well, fuck, well, they're man. not. Just gonna they're, well, they fucked up fucking Dress to Kill. But they're an elite company. They, they go for they're well, no, it's perfect, the Lamborghini right? I mean, of Blu-ray companies. You know what I mean? Like, they, they strive for greatness. Like, Scream Factory is just a retro label and contemporary mm-hmm. label. It's not really, like... I, I don't think they ever... <laughs> fucking Jeremy just fell off his chair there, man. <laughs> yeah. It's the sand, the sand in my vagina. It's the sand in my vagina. See, but I would rather have something than nothing. Like I will always rather have. Why not have it released? If that's the only way to release it, fuck it, release it. Why not? Why is it better? Is it better than not being released? Well, the thing is, you know, it does have a release. I mean, on DVD or whatever. But on Blu-ray, you can still, you can, yeah, I know, but you can still see the films. That's that's kind of the thing. Yeah, but I'm saying, is it better to just? Is it better to show people who might like? I didn't even know about these films. It, like sometimes I, I don't want to see like you know I'm not I'm not saying this is a full ass you know half ass product that they're going to put out and stuff. I'm not going to go as far as to say that. I'm just saying you know from Screen Factory I do expect you know like hey you know you're going to do some new transfers you know let's get the right aspect ratio for the film. And, let's just wait and see how the release is when it comes out. Well, exactly. But I mean, if that's what they're claiming, you know. It, you know, people get a little fucking butt hurt about it and stuff like that. I mean, personally, I don't really think the aspect ratio is going to hurt the overall product too, too much. But I just don't give a fuck about it. Honestly, like the aspect well, that, ratio, that, I don't even know that the brings difference. Up my other, and, and that brings up my other my other point that I was going to say. It's like some people just don't care about that either. You know, so, uh, so there, you got half people over here that don't give a shit and other people really do give a shit. I just so don't know what it is. Saying. Like, I don't know that stuff. So that that's why I don't give a shit be, just because I'm mm-hmm. ignorant to the situation. But mm-hmm. um, I just uh, – to me, it's always just like it, – it, so you're – like the, the sometimes the argument is like, well, let's just not release it then. It's like, but why? It's still better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But OK. So my mentality like is for ghost me – ghost For me, you know, it's like, well, fuck. You know, I mean I can't remember. The DVDs I think actually are – in full i can't even fucking remember but you know it, it is an upgrade for me and i i guess the way i look at it is i want to i want to see that release be an elite yeah well you're for looking for a reason elite. to you're looking for a reason for your upgrade to not suck right yeah, like you, you just much, don't want to have to upgrade 
for which, like oddly it. enough i actually watched curse one and two a few months back just randomly like i actually popped in that double feature that's really strange that they're actually announced that so yeah but well you can get the curse one and two on dvd for eight bucks i'm sure yeah. by the time that this blu-ray comes out i'll be able to get it for 10 bucks like you know down the road which is what i normally get them for so mm. I don't really see – I mean it's all right. And honestly, I, I just brought this up. But I am reading other people say that no, that's not the case. So who the fuck knows, honestly? Like the Scream Factory hasn't commented out. on it or anything. So we'll see. But What's yeah. that, Jeremy? Just wait till, you, wait till it comes out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean we'll know, but we'll know the official specs on it before it comes out because Scream Factory always announces that stuff, right? This is – yeah, you know what we call speculation right now. It is on it's their just, site. Well, the reason it's not a hundred percent speculation is because that's what's listed on the website is the the one that people don't want. I'm gonna laugh if it's just a fucking typing error. That's what <laughs> someone I'm just accidentally wrote in. Fucking <laughs> someone's reporting on it, just getting all buttered, making us report about it on these podcasts and all that other shit. It's pretty awesome. Well, good thanks press, for the conversation. Whoever yeah. fucked up there. Yeah, good press. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on from that, we have like the total opposite of the, of that type of thing, and this is once again Arrow proving why they are the best in the business, in my opinion, at least for you know, I, I guess Criterion is, but I mean, Criterion's like Criterion's just in a league of its own, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't really compare it to other things. So apparently. The uh, new film that they've been wanting to release for a while, The Mutilator, uh, has gotten delayed again, but for a good reason. So Mm -hmm. apparently they were looking for the uncut footage for a while and they just kept pushing it back and they found, you know, different elements that were literally, you know, uh, you know, just off pieces of the film like literally the cut pieces that they had to cut for the mpaa i believe they're called off cuts and they were going to use that long story short they ended up in the final hour before they were actually going to you know go through with the release they found out that there's a print that is completely pristine you know barely used at all at the library of congress uh they were able to get the uh both you know, director's permission. And why is that movie at the Library of Congress? There's a lot of at the Library of Congress. I was just going to fucking say that too, man. That is too and good. how do they not know about it? Well, they do. The thing is, that that is honestly a source for a lot of, like, uncut prints and stuff like that. But the problem is, is it's all, like, legality. Like, first of all, you have to find out who, like, you have to get permission from, like, multiple people. Like, the people who donated it or not donated mm-hmm. it, but, like, put it in there. Then the library yeah, yeah. themselves. Then the director. Like, all these different shit. So, that's why often it's just, it's really difficult. Like, a lot of companies do try to go there if it's mm-hmm. available there. Uh, so, that's basically pretty cool because I guess it has, like, all the uncut footage and stuff. So, they're going to insert that into the film. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, that's probably the best reason to delay a film ever. Yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome, man. So when you know what, when this film eventually comes out in, in its fully uncut glory, you know what's going to happen? Delayed. We're <laughs> going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. You guys don't get the joke because you haven't seen the movie before. I know. Was that the one you watched on your marathon? 
Yes, that was the very first movie that me and Dylan watched, and we were fucking rolling. <laughs> From the opening song in this movie is so funny, and it's just all happy and shit, and everyone's dancing around. It's like it's like the beginning to Three's Company for fuck's sake. It's like a stupid <laughs> sitcom. That's it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, I do remember that. But part. the song is, and that's me and Dylan were kept singing it like the whole marathon. We're like, hey, we're gonna have a good. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Gonna have a bad. That's a great. Time. That's a great opener, huh? Yeah, it's it's so good. It's so funny to watch, but. That's what Dylan commented today. He goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, well, it, this is worth the wait because they're going to have like another nine minutes of the opening sequence. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's too That's good. What's up. That's what's up. So uh, moving on, uh, Sean S. Cunningham. Oh, my best friend. Cunningham. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard the Cunningham in a while. Yeah. So my best you're... friend. <laughs> so yeah. Sean S. Cunningham was at a horror film festival in New York City along with Steve Miner receiving I believe a lifetime achievement award and there he was asked hey what do you ever consider revisiting the house franchise and Cunningham responded by saying I'm doing it right now we are deeply in development uh, and they say that they've uh, they've been working on a new house film but It sounds more of a remake to me. They said that they were trying to do it again, but how could they make it a little bit different? And they decided that they're going to do a gender swap. So instead Mm -hmm. of a male character, it's going to be a female character. Uh, And yeah, they say that they want to really stick to certain elements of the personal story of, you know, William Katz version. And then, yeah, so they want to make another one. And I guess they currently are making another one. Well, that isn't came out that of just odd? <laughs> he's just making. He's just working on House. That's pretty awesome. Why not? Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of House, and I think it really works because of like William Katz' performance and just that character. It's like a really kind of comedic film. But I don't know. It'd be weird with a chick. I'm not sure it really be the same thing. <laughs> have you, JP? Have you got around to watching the horror show? Yeah, by no, I still haven't watched the horror show because that one's actually dubbed as House, you know, Part Three. Yeah, right. And the UK has like House Four release, whatever. But yeah, horse that movie sucks. So <laughs> just wondering, have just, you ever just, seen House thoughts. Four? Yeah, I own it, man. I have the uh, UK import. Yeah, um, it's got this one really fucking funny pizza scene in it, and it just makes me howl. It's so silly and stupid, but it's pretty funny. It's way better than Part Three. Just put yeah. it. That I way. love House One and Two. Yeah, One and Two are great. They're fun. All right, so moving on, we have Sinister 2 hitting DVD and Blu-ray January 12th, 2016. That's another one that I'll probably miss for this year. So many problems. Yeah, probably. Ah, that sucks. Yeah. I actually really like the first Sinister. I know that you're not really a big fan of it, Moods, but... (laughs) Yeah, I was being super sarcastic. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss it too before the year end show. But it was totally, it had all the possibility in the world of making my top 10, maybe top five. The first Sinister is a great film. <laughs> Ethan Hawke, terrible casting. Oh, yeah. I don't think he was believable in the film at all. I don't know, man. I Honestly, I think Ethan Hawke is a really, yeah, bad actor. I don't even I'm know who that is. He's the lead in the film. I thought he's not he, bad in the think, B4 movies. He's just – he's one of those guys that I just don't find believable in half the roles he plays. And if he's in B4 movies, man. What's that? Before Sunset, before Moonrise, and before the Linklater no. movies. No, I haven't seen uh, that. You got to check him out, man. 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything I've seen, I, I'm probably in the minority on this one, but I don't know. I just don't find him strong. And I just, in seeing him in that role, I was like, okay, this role doesn't seem to. I, I know, I think me and you talked about it too, Jeremy, one time, but it, it just casting that type of name in that type of role uh-huh. just comes off odd to me. And it well, doesn't the purge. Fit. I think he just did it for executive producer credit. Yeah, I don't know. It just, <laughs> to be honest, you know, the, the, the storyline's okay in it, but. It is what it is. I, I like thought it was pretty dark. I thought the canal was actually a better film, but that's just me. I think that was when I reviewed on the podcast uh, sometime last year or whatever, or maybe yeah, it was last year because it was from last year. It was a good film. So, uh, Sci-Fi Channel is working on a thing called Channel Zero. It is a limited anthology series uh, from Hannibal's Nick and Tosca. Uh, he was, I guess, the showrunner, the director, writer. I can't really remember, but it was he was part of Hannibal. Uh, this is going in fast track development. Uh, they are looking for twelve episodes and will uh, air in fall two thousand sixteen and fall two thousand seventeen. Uh, part of the thirty one days of horror programming event. Uh, not really much about it out there, but. It's, it's supposed to be like an anthology show, so that's pretty cool. I'm sure that we'll report on it, you know, 40 or 50 more times before it comes out. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> usually how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, The Visit is finally hitting DVD uh, just in time for the year-end show, which is December 15th. This is coming out on DVD and Blu-ray and actually on demand January 5th, which it's usually swap. Oh, shit. Never mind. That's right, because the world fucking sucks. It's actually coming out digitally first, and then yeah. in January it's coming okay, out. Okay, what, mo- what movie was this? The Visit. Oh, The Visit, yeah. yeah. Which we've already seen, so we're good. But I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. It, it annoys me because this is ha- it seems like all the titles that are coming out like late are hitting digital in like December, and then yeah, yeah. disc in like January, which just grinds my gears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what? Uh, the visit we were—I think we both liked it pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually thought it was—it uh, was a lot. It was—it it surprised me. Let's just put it that way. It surprised me because yeah, I'm not a big fan of the director at all. I'm not. And uh, like to be honest, I—I I just I never really seen the hype in a lot of films. I, I mean, I wasn't hate on because you know, um just because of the hype and shit. I just didn't really care for the films that much. And uh, this one took me by surprise. I was pleasantly happy with the end result in this film. I think he did a good job. I never seen somebody who collectively the world was like, this guy is amazing. And then now collectively the world agrees all that like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of him. Like everybody says that now. Like nobody's like M night rocks. Like literally everybody now says like, yeah, I really don't care for his work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so messed up. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, so after that, we have uh, Scream Factory title. They announced Zombie Fight Club, which I don't really know what that's about. It's a contemporary film hitting DVD and Blu-ray February second. Doesn't look pretty very good. Yeah, I don't. It just looks like an action movie to me, which instantly turns me off. <laughs> I thought it looked awesome. That no. No, I, I thought. I think <laughs> the honestly, it wouldn't surprise so me. <laughs> it, what, where's it from? Is it is it like a Taiwanese film or something like that? I wonder what the original title is because it can't be fucking Zombie Fight Club. 
That's like the American title for it. Well, like, I mean, seriously, why give it that title? It's just laughable. How can you take that shit serious? Even though it's probably not supposed to be serious, but really? No, it's it, it's probably just going to be like another zombie comedy. You know? No, no, no. It's so definitely a zombie but uh, zombie fight. Fuck. What a, Fight what, Club 2 is the original. It's a bad title. title. It's a bad it, title. It at least has like an okay tagline, which I'm sure has been used probably a bunch of times, but it's you only die twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they're zombies. Exactly. Uh, so after what? that, after that, they did announce another IFC title. This one, honestly, I was super stoked for this one based on like the promotional art and stuff that came out earlier in the year. But I actually have read a few reviews, not actually read reviews, but just read the final score and stuff. And it does seem like people are saying it's disappointing. And that is Hellions. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard some good things about it. Yeah, that's good. I haven't heard. Yeah, I literally haven't heard any good things. I haven't heard anything about it. Period. No, I heard. I heard a couple of people say it was pretty decent, and I've heard some people say it was the worst shit they've seen all year. So, but then again, you know, it's hard to take. It's it's hard to take. You know, when someone says the worst shit they've all they've seen all year because they could have seen like four. I can't even take that type of comment seriously usually because I know that it's probably extremely over exaggerated. Literally ninety percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I just don't see how the movie. I mean, I guess I can, but I'm curious to see it. Though. I mean, come on, it I looks mean, cool as fuck. I'm yeah, down to check it out. For Hellions, sure. man, it's it fucking it's Halloween shit, man. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I was really shocked that IFC picked it up, though. I was like, that's awesome. I think I reported that a while back, actually. Really? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe. But you know, that's who cool. else would pick it up? And then of course, Screen Factory. You know, that let's well, that's part of our deal. So now we got to pay ten dollars more for it. You, you know what's funny is uh, we we wasn't doing the show at this time, but Scream Factory was actually did announce that they're working on their first like actual production, which I thought was cool. Yeah, we talked about that. Did we on the Argento show? Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So any well, any leaked uh, word on exactly what kind of subgenre that they're dipping into? It's a horror film. <laughs> well, no, I know that. I mean, subgenre of horror films. Like, is it going to be a fucking zomcom? It's or is it gonna be by a the ghost title. Movie? I forget what the title is, but it sounds to me like a killer car movie or something. Killer car movie? That shit, awesome. Or like a, <laughs> like a dual type. <laughs> fucking rights, man. That's totally that's totally not what I was expecting. I was expecting either a zombie film, a zomcom, a ghostly, or I don't know. Anything but a killer car film, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's because it's it's called Fender Bender, right? <laughs> Fuck, really? That's just so awesome. They're just a funny little... title. Fender, Fender Bender. Bender. The, it sounds like a comedy, actually. The the but... one thing that I'm actually excited about is the director. Who's the director? The director of the Night Flyer. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought they would have picked some new school cat, right? But it's actually somebody who, like, is a little older. Hmm. And apparently, really, really fucking starving to work. So he's like, "I'll take this job for eight thousand dollars." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, he hasn't done anything since the Night Flyer. Really? Well, yeah. just put it this way, man. I mean, this movie Fender Bender can't be any worse than like Alien Outpost or <laughs> some of the other fucking bullshit that they've released. So it, could it can be. be. I'm hoping it. It could be. All right, so finally, uh, moving on, we have two more announcements from Scream Factory, two of which we've already talked about, and that is The Curse and The Curse to the Bite. 
And the other one after that is Millennium and R-O-T-O-R, which I have no idea what either of those films are. What the are. fuck are these movies? Do you know, Moots? No. Where the fuck do they come from? <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I know that, but it's like it's so random. I love when we see like the random... Dude, honestly, like I swear I, to God, my man, favorite, though. I'm look liking the double features more now than I actually get excited for like the IFCs or the regular editions. I like yeah. the double features and the collector's editions. Those are my shit. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. Honestly, they, they've released like a lot of double features and it, it's nice when you have them all in the collection. Cause it's just like, it's cool. They look, they look good together. Yeah. You yeah. know, and there's quite the variety of double features. So if, you know, if you're in a double feature type of driving grindhouse mood, yeah, grab that scanners two and three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And exactly. You go straight to the bathroom and wipe your butt with it. Because they're not very good. They're shitty. They're fucking shitty. Oh, come on. You like the worst films and you don't like Scanners 2 and 3. No, I don't like the worst. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> they, they, Dark Hall? Do we have to bring Sp- up Dark Hall? Mutantis? Sp- I never said Dark Hall was 17 trauma films. Film. Hey, don't be judging trauma before you fucking... Man, honestly... I listed trauma- off to you like 22 trauma films that I've seen one day. I've seen some fucking trauma movies. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, man, you... Oh, fuck. Dude, speaking of trauma, they they seem to be releasing even shit now that I can't even appreciate. Like oh, some man. of the movies that they're putting out, dude, I'm going, what the fuck? Pro wrestlers versus zombies. Like, yeah, dude, that shit's is that a trauma? Yeah, they got it got picked up by trauma. Yeah, but they terrible. Honestly, a lot of their newer releases, I would say, in like the last year, have been really fucking bad. Even shit, I'm going. I'm not telling anybody I bought that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's and like I took like major. Me and Moods took major shit. When Pro Wrestlers for Zombies first came out, and we said how much it sucked. Yeah, Everybody's man. like, it's just a goofy movie. You just don't get it. No, it was, like, was bad, though. Bad. It was bad. I wonder, I wonder if Troma at all like kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Because remember, like there was like audio and like yeah. other issues when we were watching that director's, you know. DVD. Is that the That's one the I have now? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. So I'm wondering like if it got cleaned up at all. Because, wow, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. But yeah, rest in peace to Roddy Piper. Yeah, spent twenty bucks on that shit. You know what, modes? It was the only thing you walked away with it that time. I know. Uh, before we actually get out of the news, because that was the last piece, I did want to mm. just throw this out there. I forgot to do it in the intro, but Brandon is actually hosting a uh, contest, and it's a written story contest. If you guys want to enter, head on over to the Facebook group page, uh, find out the details there. Basically, you write a short story or a long story if you want, and. Uh, yeah, we'll, me and Brandon will judge the best one, and Brandon's going to send you some stuff. My screenplay's going to win, bitch. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty cool, guys. Anybody out there feeling – you don't even have to be good at writing. Just just enter. Yeah, Jeremy, will not- be the, uh, Jeremy will be the only one to make fun of you. Yeah, I'm not Okay, judging. I never did look at the actual specs and stuff, but, like, is there a certain length that, like – or oh. does it have to be like under – see, it, it, it should be like under 500 words or something like that. That's well, hard. I'll tell you right now. No, if that's the, the point, man. is very long – I'm instantly not going to like it. So I'm Because I have a lot of, you know, like, you know, when I was doing, you know, my English classes and stuff, I wrote a lot of shit. And you used to have to write things like that that had to be under a certain amount of characters. And so I'm sure you had to do it too, Jeremy. Yeah. And it's hard, man. It really, really makes you think and make, it makes you kind of fucking mm-hmm. like know, edit this story beat around your words and shit. words to 250. It's like, oh, you know how hard it is to write anything under 500 words? Like I can write and, you know, just my opening line can be 500 words. Yeah, <laughs> I never hard. can shut up. And it's fucking hard, man. So, you know, the point I was trying to make is that, you know, if you're going to make these things really long, 
you know, it's just it's kind of unfair to the someone that's going to write a short one, but like real sweet and nope, stuff. Because if it's very long, I'm going to think that it sucks. So <laughs> just saying it right now. I, I don't want to be sitting there for some... four hours reading a story. <laughs> I should just I should just fucking dig up some of my old stories and just submit it. <laughs> Not even rewrite it. None of them. But uh, Brandon is a judge, too. So he will. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Jew, too. Maybe so. He so, so how many people are actually signed up right now for this? I just don't uh, have like dedicated time. Something. Yeah, I just don't have the dedicated time. So are people picking their own letters now, or is it a eh, random? Pretty up? much. I mean, it, they're all kind of up for grabs. I kind of made Dave Z take Z because fucking what? Like, seriously? Your name's <laughs> Dave Z. I'll pick O if I could turn in my screenplay. Go ahead, dude. I don't right. care. I'll pick O. O for open road. I'm going to make you lose just because I don't like you. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, dude. I don't care. I'm going to be very unbiased. My story is very original, okay? I think it's a cool fucking vampire movie, so fuck you. Okay, I believe you. Sweet. Cool. And fucking pitching it all fucking semesters. <laughs> so that that so, is the news, guys. Alrighty, yeah. All right, yeah, not much news this week at all. Um, moving along into mood swings and the uh, DVD and Blu-ray releases for November twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen. Uh, wow. Man, November 24th, it's like a month till Christmas. Crazy. Yeah. That's some crazy shit. <laughs> the Jew's like, fuck Christmas. Fuck Christ. It's like, I can't wait till fucking Valentine's Day so I can buy my girlfriend. Oh, wait a minute. You don't have one, do you? So that's disappointing then too, isn't it, Jeremy? Uh, I know, because uh, <laughs> my girlfriend just hated licking the sand out of my vagina. So- <laughs> <laughs> that's 69, man. That's, that's bad. Oh, uh, yeah. She was just, my, my legs were over my head like that girl on Chatterbait, and she was just... Sand was just coming out of my vagina. <laughs> I spent oh. all my money last so weekend getting sucked out. So you actually drowned your girlfriend in sand. She's dead. Yeah, she I died. spent, I spent all my money last weekend getting the sand sucked out. That I just. <laughs> I heard buy. that is expensive, man. That's a procedure. I know, man. It's, it's fucking uh, an abortion for sand. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. Uh, my legs were up there and was sucking it out, man. An abortion for sand. It's Holy a sand abortion. Dude, that is the funniest thing you've said in a while. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, wait, wait. You know we were talking about that flesh for the beast a few weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. I went into Best Buy and I flipped it over and the fucking Shriek Show label's on there. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that, man? Yeah, I was like, I turned it over. I was like, why the fuck is this Shriek Show label on here? So, so like, Shriek even Shriek, Shriek Show thinks comeback? that they're. So even they think they're shut down, and some dude's like, nah, man, I'm keeping this shit alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That makes funny. no sense. It doesn't make sense. It's so crazy. Um, yeah, strange. So anyways, DVD and Blu-ray releases. First one, of course, you know, being a month before Christmas, no better time than to release a Christmas horror story. What? On, you don't on, say. On DVD and Blu-ray, and this is being released by Image. Holy <laughs> shit. How long ago did I review that thing? It was a while ago, man. Yeah, it was a while ago. I was surprised that, it, this, you know, was that, I mean, I guess they were probably holding off until the season, right? Makes a little yeah. more sense. It's not that but many yeah. this week. But I had no idea that Image was releasing this. It was weird. It just kind of it I, took me by surprise. I actually knew they were releasing it. I had no idea. Uh, you can check out my review of A Christmas Horror Story on episode 57. I thought it was a pretty decent review, honestly. So uh, if you're curious, before you check it out, I don't spoil. Man, that's another one. That's another one I've been hearing a lot of mixed reviews. I know you said you didn't really care for it too much. Uh, um, wrong. I gave it a 7.5. 
Oh, that's right. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking you gave it like a five or five and a half or something like no, that. That was like Tales of Halloween. I told yeah, you this yeah. is the better holiday anthology this year. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, when is Blood Rage coming out? Anybody have a release date on that now? Because you know the they just upped it to the, the three disc. December 16th. Is it December 16th now? Yeah. Okay. So this was supposed to be the I think the second release date for it, <laughs> November 24th, but that is not coming out. So. Everyone's disappointed, including me. Um, Scream or Scream Factory is releasing Ghost Story from God the man. best year in horror film history, 1981. Yeah. Um, it's a great film, man. It, really, really good stuff. I reviewed this one on my 81 series a few years, a couple years back. Fun stuff. Can't wait to see the transfer on that. Actually, I hope it's good. Oh, is that a Jason Muse movie down there? Oh, shit. That's uh, Wild Eye, I believe, right? Yeah, this this movie right here, of course, from Wild Eye releasing is, you know, Wild Eye always has multiple releases coming out every week, which is just insane how much they've been releasing. And this one's strictly called Hole. Hole. Like JP's butthole. Yes, like JP's stinky. They made a horror butthole. movie out of your butthole, JP. But like, really, like even the cover art in this just looks shitty. I don't know. The mask looks kind of cool. Really? I don't know, man. It just, it looks like fucking some fat dude with. I don't know, man. Hey, man, don't judge a cover by its cover. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it is wild. So you never know. It, it could be actually pretty good. And that's They're releasing my professor's film in two weeks. That's the weird thing about Wild Eye is that like you really can't judge a book by its cover sometimes. Some of those movies are actually decent. And it's the ones the that fuck look load shitty, of scotch tape. A fuckload of scotch tape. Yeah, it's coming out from Wild Eye in three weeks. Mm, that sounds... Very it's a, strange. It's a film noir musical. It's weird. Um, a course from Wild Eye. I think Wild Eye is le- releasing this one too, and it's uh, called Acid Bath. It's got wicked cover art, man. Yeah. And it's assume- cool cover art. I'm assuming it's some type of melt film or something like that. I haven't really... It's like a video nasty-ish type of movie. <laughs> Actually, the editorial review here on Amazon says, A twisted and disturbing gore fest like street trash meets death wish. Is that art orgasmic or what? <laughs> street trash meets death wish? What's this bread and circus movie that's awesome. coming out? It looks so fucking, fucking weird too. Awesome. Uh, I think it's Half Breed. No, it's half- bread and circus. Oh, I was reading. Okay, next one here is being released by Worldwide Multimedia. Yeah, this cover's terrible. Half Breed, Rise of the Nemphilum. This is like a Navy movie. That one, I don't know. That one just looks really bad, but you know how it goes. Uh, I don't know why this is on here. It's saying Pit and the Pendulum is being released on DVD because maybe they didn't have the DVD release. Um, I think that it might be one of those like alternate covers or something. It probably is actually, um, yeah. Same with the subspecies here. Yeah. Oh, the twenty and anif- subspecies re- being released. Of course, full moon, the twentieth anniversary. E dish tune. <laughs> I bet you there's like nothing new. Yeah, on the disc. Why is it spelled like that? <laughs> I don't know. E dish tune. <laughs> but it's not spelled like that on the cover, dude. You know what's crazy as shit? Angus Scrim is in sp- subspecies. <laughs> yeah, that is. Isn't that? Up. I always forget about that. He's only in it for like one second, but he's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Jason Mewes movie that we uh, that Jeremy was so patiently waiting uh, is called The Last House. Of course, being released by Wild Eye again. I love me my Jason Mewes. Yeah, this tight or this cover art, man. It's just they're taking it back to like you know the the late nineties. You know, it's just got all the heads on the cover and uh, it's very right. generic. Alyssa looking. Rose is up in there though. 
It's Mr. Yeah. Muse. Gotta check it out. <laughs> well, and here's, uh, I'm assuming this is our ghostly for the week here. We got one called Haunting at Forest Forester Cabin. Oh, this looks like an asshole. Actually, no, not Forester, Foster. Haunting at Foster Cabin. John Savage. And it's that typical cover, man. And it has the chick from fucking The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Look at this cast. Linda Blair. Oh. Aline Dietz. Yeah. Oh, that is. She's played the demon face. God, know your history, JP, you fucking <laughs> asshole. You don't even like The Exorcist. Yeah, but I know who she is. I met her at Cinema Wasteland. Mm-hmm. Oh, aren't you That's a right. fucking nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. From uh, Screen Factory, and this is one that I've been anticipating for long, ever since they announced it, because I didn't really know much about this one, and it's the very first release, I think, ever of this. I don't even think this was released on VHS, oddly enough. I could be wrong, but... I think you're wrong. Uh, no, I'm probably not wrong. I'm never wrong. But uh, Blood and Lace, of course, coming to Blu-ray DVD combo pack from Screen Factory. Um, yeah, available for the first time on home entertainment format. So yeah, I'm assuming right. this is the exact the exact the very first actual release of it so i think they've 1971 now which is pretty cool 1971 man so we got some early 70s goodness here and yeah i'm really i'm really looking forward to that one i know my homeboy zach was like you know fucking beating his shit off when he when that one got fucking announced i just wish they wouldn't can flood me with releases i was just catching up yeah those fuckers right and uh we got one here from kino which is just the thing with two heads it's the same fucking movie yeah, the incredible two-headed transplant. I know. What the fuck? It's the same that? exact fucking movie. The with optional riff tracks. Okay. So that's pretty interesting, guys. I, Thank you for re-releasing that. Um, no, it's under- not a, like the same movie. It's just like the same idea as the thing with two heads. Oh, is that what it's? Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen this. Yeah. Um, I think we got some more though somewhere, don't we? Uh. There's one called the Badger Game. The Badger Game, yeah. Which looks, I don't know, it, it looks stupid. <laughs> uh, and that's like all I have. Uh, I think there was, I think there's one also called. I think the Mask is coming out from Kino this week. Is that a horror movie? Yep, the Mask is a. Um, I believe this is actually one of the first Canadian horror films, actually, mm. I want to say. I thought it might have been The Mask, you know, with Rocky No, Dennis. no, no. No, this, this movie's actually pretty good, man. It's like in the in the 3D format. I don't think the whole thing's in 3D, but... Um, and then we got one called uh, Natalie's Loose Loose. What the fuck is with this cover, man? It's like one of those, you know, gas mask cover, cover arts, but it's called Natalie's Lo- Loose Loose. <laughs> What, what kind of fuck? title is that? Exactly. What the hell kind of title is that? It's like the strangest thing from Shammy Media Group. <laughs> <laughs> They're just making shit up, man. Along with these titles, starring Natalie uh, McVictoria. I mean, really, if you see this, if you see this in the store, man, you're just gonna walk right by and probably turn back and laugh. Because how could you not? It's, uh, it's Natalie's lose lose. You know, it's like okay, sure, cool. Um, and then, of course, lastly, uh, probably, well, probably maybe a horror film i don't know from sgi we got rights fuhr ss some nazi exploitation fuck yeah that's some good shit right there love my nazi exploitation man shit's sleazy it's always a good time i'm sure jeremy's just like yes i gotta get that rights fuhr ss uh, i don't i don't love it <laughs> i can handle, i can handle it in small doses 
But some of it, some okay, of them they, are so bad though, dude. <laughs> some of them are so like so the one bad. where the guy gets his penis taken away. Oh my yeah. god, dude! I literally had to pause and rewind that part four thousand times. <laughs> what are you doing, with my penis? <laughs> the fucking best shit ever, man. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, that's gonna do it for the DVD and Blu-ray releases for so November twenty-fourth. Yeah. What is your release of the week? My release of the week has – I mean this is really a no-brainer, man. You know, Natalie's lose-lose. I mean that's looking pretty damn sweet, man, I got to say. Now, unfortunately, I haven't seen um, you know, Christmas Horror Story, so I can't re- recommend it because I'm just blind to it, you know. Um, but I'm going to say for this week's release, pick of the week, release of the week is going to be Blood and Lace because who doesn't want to have – a film that's never been released on home media before, you got to get that. I agree, man. I think that that is a great release of the week because the whole concept behind this is if you're going to buy one, which one do you buy? And honestly, the one that's never been released is the one I'm buying. Exactly. Yep, got to have that film. So Good pick, as usual. Yeah. All right, so moving along into voicemails and questions, I do believe that we have a couple voicemails. Yeah, we do. I guess we're doing voicemails first, then written questions, correct? Sure. 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 Right. So first up, we only got two this week. First up is Brandon with a short one. Hey, guys. Brandon calling. Hope everybody's doing well. Fulci's show was amazing. Looking Thank forward you. to this week's show. Um, quick question about the top ten. Looking forward to, uh, to taking part in that. And I uh, was wondering... What the deal is with certain films that might be not considered horror? Um, films like Turbo Kid, some of the art exploitation films like um, The Treatment. Uh, if we could just elaborate a little bit more on that, because there's a couple of films that would probably be in my top ten, but I might leave them off because they're not strictly horror. Me you know, too. Even films like Killers and Gunwoman. So, just a little bit more clarification on. Uh, what we're going to qualify as, as horror films. Other than that, um, that's it. Knock them dead. Talk to you guys soon. Later. All right, so that was Brandon asking us a question. So there's a few different ways we go. Hi, Brandon. Yeah, you're not calling at work for once. <laughs> so I love the, you. The, the, the first easiest way to, to decipher what is horror and what's not is to really go to IMDb and just see what it's listed as. There, IMDb always has uh, what they consider the genre. Um, for example, the treatment is mystery thriller, which I would agree with that. I wouldn't consider uh, the treatment a horror film. It will not be on my top ten list, even though uh, it would had it been a horror film. You know what I mean? It's it's a high enough well, score film. One. Yeah, I really so don't we don't like the idea of you know following imdb too too much because sometimes exactly because they are they do get it wrong in my opinion sometimes you're absolutely yeah i've seen some of those things that have been completely wrong before i'm like what the fuck this is supposed to be a comedy no so so you also have to consider is it sci-fi because that you know is it if if it is like a dark sci-fi i kind of consider that horror you know like there are some sci-fi films that i i for surely consider horror and you have to also look at, you know, the comedies, right? I mean, those are all, all those horror comedies are more comedy than horror, but we still throw them in the horror category. 
Uh, what, like he mentioned an interesting one, Moods Gunwoman. Is that eligible for your list? Um, I don't know, man, because I know a lot of people had that on their list from last year. I, I've, I of course, never seen it till this year. So, in my opinion, it kind of qualifies. But then again, I don't want people going, "Well, this fucking shit was available last year." You no, know, no, I, two, I mean, blah, blah, just blah. in terms of genre wise. Oh shit! I was just going off on a tangent. There wasn't. I? I was just going way off in left field. Talk about um, sand in your vagina. Yeah. Um, she got a sand abortion. Well, next. the thing, the thing is, though, I, I lump a lot of things into horror. You know, with, you know like exploitation and, and things I like that. I think exploitation like, is very close to horror. So I'm with yeah. you on that. If it's if it's and, an exploitation film, it's a horror film to me. Or it's right there. Next to it. Yeah, because this is kind of like an exploitation, like uh, you know, revenge film, and I think those. Those type of uh, genres fit in there, so yeah, I, w- I would consider Gunwoman as a choice that could be allowed. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and as as for what Moods was kind of elaborating on is the uh, like what is considered timeline wise. I, I say anything that is available widely, meaning, I, and obviously I'm talking about the U.S. here, if you can rent it in 2014, then it does not qualify in 2015. However, Gunwoman will be a contender on my list because it didn't get a wide release until 2015. Uh, it, it did like Festival Circuit. It did not have a wide release in 2014, so that is yeah. how we can see this is This is a really complicated uh, subject right here because um, – you know, there was a couple of films that were widely available digitally, you know, in 2014 for, you know, Americans. And up here, I, I had no way of seeing some of these films. So when they came out on media in 2015, to me, even knowing that they were, you know, available in 2014, but to me, they were like 2015 releases as media releases. That's why I, I kind of wanted to change the way I did things and just have, you know, something was released on media in 2015, even though it was available in 2014 digitally it still qualifies as 2015 it's just because of where i live sometimes i don't have these options yeah you mess everything up so it kind of limits he's fucking canadian when you have a bunch of films now i have a few films that didn't make my 2014 list which probably would have if i had seen them in the appropriate year that really aren't technically you know eligible for 2015 so now they're caught in what i called that that list limbo you know, yeah, like the battery, make the battery, yeah, like the battery like the happened. I never made it 2014 or or 13 or 14 or whatever. And it was one, it was one of those films. And there's a couple from last year, that Gunwoman being one of them. And, um, you know, I mean, if we're going by this, I mean, not Gunwoman, but uh, uh, the oh, Walks shit. What, Girl Walks Home Alone yeah. is the one I was trying to think of. And that's a perfect example, because if I had seen that last year, it would have made my list. I never seen it till this year when it came out from Kino, and it's not really technically a 2015 film. But where do you draw the line here? Like, do, I, I, think I you... say no, man. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to include it because I it was literally on American Netflix last year in 2014, and mm-hmm. I, you know, so I'm not going to consider it. I, I, if you want to, I guess. I mean, I'm not. See, the thing say is, you if can't you, or if anything. You, if you were, yeah, but if you were in my position, you'd be like. Like what do I do? It's a lot more complicated, right? There are ways around that, man. I mean, you like you, it, they're not legal, but yeah, there's ways around no, that. No, see, I don't, I don't fuck with that shit, man. Because you know, I'm a good boy. I don't download. No, I just, I don't have the patience or the, 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 
I just yeah, I don't have the fucking patience. Yeah, he doesn't well, have I, 150 I megabytes about, a second I was, like I do. I was mainly talking about like Netflix. Like you can live in Canada, and there is a way to get American Netflix. Yeah, it is, but you know, I again, I'm. It is a bitch. I have Playstations. I don't have the Xbox. Apparently, you're a lot easier to do. I'm. I'm not familiar with it, but I just buy everything. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Dude, but like the only problem I have is I almost feel like since it is me and Jeremy, I almost feel like it, it like maybe I'm not saying you can't do it, but maybe try to just like cater to us a little bit and and kind of mold your list to ours a little bit more because my only problem is i don't want say starry eyes or something something that you couldn't get to end up on your list this year and then it conflicts because i had it on my list last year and it just kind of gets messy when when that happens you know what i mean what i did though is i uh i did on my list i've been keeping all year i have marked on you know certain movies you know released in 2015 and what that means what i know that means as a legend is like that was the media release. It was available in 2014, so they are not eligible, and that's how I am going to do it. Okay, that's awesome, dude. And and you know what? If anything, though, at the beginning of your top ten, you'd be like, look, these films right here were ones that probably would have made my list this year had oh. I been allowed to choose them. Yeah, exactly. I'll have that disclaimer because yeah, that's <laughs> cool. because it, there is, and you know, a girl walks home alone, and like uh, Star. Those are two films that are great examples that never made my shit last year. Mm-hmm. That are limbo. They're yeah. Fucking, you know. I would probably have that on my list if I would have watched it. Yeah, yeah, and and it does suck, dude, because like it really is unfortunate that that we have these huge differences when we're so close. You know, we're so close to each other in terms of, uh, you know, U.S. and Canada is like literally right there, and yet there are these just insane differences in media releases and it's really frustrating especially for us we do the podcast it affects our top 10 it's really shitty for you honestly like you you have no option to rent stuff at all up there i don't i don't understand the digital i don't understand the the media the digital you know world up here man it makes no sense like we get nothing dude nothing yeah we can rent like everything down here like anything you want to rent that there's like seven sites that can you know rent it to you not cemetery man yeah that's just one of those titles with mad rights issues, though, you know? Yeah. And, you know, back to what Brandon was saying. Brandon, I mean, I mean the, the best way to do it is to just really kind of look at your list and be like, okay, would other people consider this a horror film? Would the, is this close enough to horror to, to ease into my list? Uh, there was one last or two years ago in 2013 that I had trouble with. It was Stoker. Uh, Stoker would have made my top three. But I felt like it wasn't a horror film enough, so I, I excluded it from the list. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I do, I do. Yeah, and and I guess that's one of those things where you just have to make a an educated guess. I don't know, or decision. Yeah, you just have you. It, it's you know you have like, to personally what what is your limits? Because let's be real, Stoker is not a horror film. It's it's just not. But it could be considered dark enough to be in a top 10 horror films of the year. Same thing goes with you know some of the other films like The Treatment. I wouldn't hate on somebody for putting The Treatment in their list. It's just personally yeah. I, think it's, I think it's just outside the range for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like something like De Samurai, I would probably include it. What about Horsehead? Dark. Yeah, horse head for sure. That's a fucking nightmare. Oh, horse, horse head is just a fucking. <laughs> but it's literally like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I guess. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, the debate is there. You can take any of these titles that are on the edge, and you can debate them. You can debate them up and down, left and right, and and honestly, everybody's probably going to have a different standard and stuff. So, um, the key thing you got to do, Brandon, is just ask me because I pretty much make all the decisions uh, when it comes to that stuff. I'll tell you what's right and wrong. That is true. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I hope that answered your question, Brandon. Help the mail. By the way. Brandon alluded to the fact that we are doing a uh, consensus top 10 on 22 shots of moods and horror. Uh, Guys, seriously, I'm hoping we get a lot of participants. I think this is really cool. So the way it'll work is I have my top 10 list. Jeremy has his, Moods has his. And then I've put together all of you guys' combined into one list. Like one list that that kind of really shows what the general uh, public, at least general consensus of the group was for uh the top 10 so if we get i I feel like we need 25 to 50 people to really see clear-cut uh winners there so please anybody i don't care if you watched 15 films 10 films 25 films or 100 films like brandon just make me a list start sending them in from now till uh, I would say a little right after Christmas because I need a couple weeks to get it together and stuff. But please do this. I'm begging everybody. I think it will be so cool. And uh, mm-hmm. you guys agree? You think it will be cool to see what uh, the group comes up with? Yeah, I think it will be really cool. I just hope a lot of people out there get to see the editor or watch the editor. Yeah, just start yeah, renting like crazy guys. Go, go hard. I mean there's a lot of newer titles on Netflix as well. Um, do whatever you have to except for don't steal it because that's just wrong. <laughs> Yeah, think about me whenever you steal. <laughs> yeah. You take money from a future Jew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So and we, we don't have enough money as it is. That's so. sci-fi Jew. Ooh. Me and Brandon need all the money we could get. Fuck, you guys already have all the money in the world. Well, when you keep spending money on fucking sand abortions, you could only have so much. <laughs> sand ab- this, is a, this is like, dude, sand abortion is better than fucking chicken nugget, man. Yeah, well, it wasn't my idea. Film about sand abortions would have been so much better. Ugh. Hey, man, I just you can I still just... have French fry side girl or whatever because that shit is just oh, funny. Potato chip too. girl. <laughs> hey, All right, Let, let's move on, guys. We got another voicemail to play. Swing this it out. one, this one is from Lawrence. Hey, it's Lawrence. I'm just calling. Hey, Lawrence. Hey, thanks, guys, for talking about the whole subject of serious horror films. I think that it was a really good topic, and I do have to agree with some of the things you guys were saying. I'm just hoping that serious horror films will be spawned, not if they can be spawned, but will be spawned in spite of whether there is a national tragedy or not, because I would prefer to see some more as well. But as for this week, I do have a question which I think you guys will enjoy. Because last week's podcast, you announced that Mystery Science Theater 3000 is trying to get crowdfunded. My question is, yeah. what kind of movie would you like to see them actually put on the show? It doesn't matter if it's open domain or not. Just any movie that you would love to see them do. I, I think personally like JP. The Frighteners would be really good for them mm. to use. I think there's plenty of scenes where they could insert their own humor into that, and there is lots of good scenes that they'd have plenty of material for. Anyway, have a great night, guys, and thank you for discussing that topic. Bye. 
Okay, Children so of the Corn 2. Uh, before we actually get into that, I do just want to give an update on Mystery Science Theater. It actually has surpassed oh, yeah. its goal. Already? 2,372,000 out of the 2 million with 21 days crazy. to go. Dude, you knew it was going to meet it. You knew it. it like, dude, I w- if you listen to the podcast, Jeremy, it was I was watching it go up as I was yeah, talking about it. I bet it. you would so watch it crazy. now. Or would you see it go up? It was up? crazy. It went up like five, six times in like a minute. Yeah, yeah, but you knew it was going to get funded. I'm so happy about that. That's really cool that it's coming back. I'm a bad person. I have all them. No, you're not a bad person. Those things are expensive as shit. Lawrence, really, really great question. I I, when I listen to yeah, I'm so yeah. You're right. So, what kind of films will we like to see on this round of mystery? Yeah, um, Children of the Corn (laughs) Two. Children of the Corn. (laughs) That's a great one. I'm telling you, that's a good one. You know, so. If we're free to choose like anything Mississippi. without uh, you know public domain and shit like that, and I think that's a concept here that they're gonna try to reach yeah. out and grab a few more yeah, popular with $2 million dollars. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a thing that they're definitely trying to attempt to do. And uh, you know, there's so many out there. I'm, I'm gonna throw Pumpkinhead two out there. Pumpkinhead two. <laughs> I think that'd be a fun one. Pumpkinhead two. Nice. Nice. What do you think? Um, I don't know, man. I would like to see like Toxic Avenger three. <laughs> oh yeah, Toxic. Which Avenger? one? That's a good one. Night of the Demons three. Night of the Demons, but yeah, the Toxic Avenger. Some um, Full Moon, maybe. I think I think there's a lot of Full Moon that you can make fun of. Pretty good. Yeah, I think that would be awesome too. Wouldn't it be funny to like you know just <laughs> have like the most serious film on there, and just go to town on it? Like, I mean, would it would it work? Halloween. You know? <laughs> You know, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think I'd like to see a blend of, like, well-known films, you know. You know, something like Halloween. I don't know about Crawl Halloween. Crawl Space think... would be a good one. Which um, one, Jeremy? Crawl but Space. I, I was thinking, I was leaning towards a little more, like, something foreign. You know, you take a foreign film and then you start throwing in some rips in there and shit like that. You know, I think that would be really fun. Something like Crawlers or something, right? Like the uh, Contamination oh. 7. Yeah, that's great. Like Breeders and stuff like that. Yeah. Like those yeah. type of films. Those films yeah. yeah, for sure. Killer Workout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Death Spa on there. That would be fucking awesome, man. Maybe Death Bed. Death Bed, yes. Thank you, yeah. probably. Anything with death in it. Yeah. <laughs> death <laughs> Gasm, Death Bed, Death... What about seeing like the Gates of Hell trilogy on there? Do you think that would be? Do you think it'd I mean, be it just could too be funny. serious? It could be funny because they uh, how just random. I mean, shit but there is no man. I mean, in like House by the Cemetery with the dubbing of Bob and like the the other little girl in the film and stuff. Yeah, like, but if you want to see bad dubbing, fucking watch the church dub. <sighs> the Ooh. church dub isn't that bad. It's yeah, pretty you bad. Watch House by the Cemetery. That one's worse. Oh yeah. No, just on the kids. Just on the kids. Yeah. The but I mean, that, but that film's notorious for that. That's not like, ooh, holy shit, that dubbing's bad. <laughs> um, yeah, no, some of the ADR, yeah, on the church, but yeah, but I mean, really, the potential is unlimited, man. There's so many films out there that even, even, even like the public yeah, domain yeah, ones. Brandon 
this is kind of where I was kind of getting at, though. I is that I wanted to see them not draining you attention horror. Completely get away from you know. I understand they're probably going to have to continue along with the the public domain films because you know that it is what it is. They're free, right? I think they'll um, have but a I, mix. They might be able to pull exactly. some strings with like. So I would like to see a, a mix of like you know some of these older public domain films, and like, I would like to, I, I would like to see some foreign films. You know, some foreign film, some more serious ones where they just kind of you know they put their own goofs into there, and some newer ones like. Well, not newer, but like American goofy films like Breeders and, you know, shit like that. And like even some slasher films and like, yeah, I don't know. And just, just I'm any, actually like, really excited because I kind of missed the boat on this when it happened. You know, I remembered seeing like re-airs on Sci-Fi Channel back in the day, but like I never actually got to really like watch these. So I, I'm really I've excited only seen them online it. too. Yeah, we never I don't think we ever got them. I think we talked about this before. I don't think we ever got them. Though. I could be wrong. I, I believe this shit they start as like a public uh, access thing. I would assume so. Yeah, it would make yeah. sense. Public public access show doing public domain films. Yeah, <laughs> can't get any fucking cheaper than that. Like a Spangoli. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, it's ahead of its Ghoulies time. Dude. Like three. The, oh yeah, any of them. Ghoulies well, one. Ghoulies one and three and four. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ghoulies two is actually a good movie. Ghoulies two is a good film. It's by far the best one in the in the franchise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, any of the witchcraft films? Ooh. Oh my god! <laughs> witchcraft seventeen with Chauncey Phillips. Ugh. And that movie one. <laughs> Jaws four. Ooh. They would never get Jaws four. Just saying. But. <laughs> oh, Jaws four, man. That'd be fun. Warlock three. So yeah. there's, there's one thing in common with all this. Painful. Oh, Warlock three. Yes. <laughs> Yes, man. We're, hmm. uh, there's one thing in common with this, though. Um, these are all retro titles we're naming, and I, and I do want them to stick with retro. I, d- I don't think that it plays well with like newer films. Right? Yeah, I'm excited, guys. I really am. I'm genuinely excited about this. Should be cool. It's fun. I agree, man. I'm 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 just blown away that they've managed to you know not only you know get their goal but surpass it by now and it just keep keeps going up that's two million dollars is a lot of money man who knows man the more money they get man maybe they can get some of these films you know well they they even said like the more money they get the more episodes they're going to do so i mean it it, it's a cool campaign it obviously has a huge fan base uh if anything this is going to actually help them too because then they'll be able to go to a producer and they'll be like hey look this is how many people want to see this you want to throw some cash in yeah Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, it's good stuff. This is this is why I like crowdfunding. Oh, it's got potential. Hate it, but this quite is something big though. I mean, you, you already got like two point three million right here. Why not? You know, take it to these guys. They can throw in some of their uh, their fatty. I'll know, tell you right now, cheese. man. You got a big production, man. There's a few different ways this thing can go. They can they can shop it at a TV network like a sci-fi yeah. or a chiller, or they can go like the Netflix route. Mm-hmm. I think that would be actually kind of cool. Netflix. Yeah. Or Amazon. Eh. Netflix. Netflix. I think it would work. I mean, everybody has access. It's cheap. You get lots of fucking views. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be good. Yeah, speaking that's of Netflix, where the fuck's the new Pee Wee movie? Oh, God. All right. Moving on. Uh, Modes of Levy. <laughs> that's questions. why I said it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, yeah. What did we have for, for questions? Uh, shit, I lost him. 
you have to make Those lost the question. So while he is looking for them, if you guys do want to send us any questions, you can do that at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. Uh, Jeremy, do you have a personal email you want to throw out there? No, because I don't need people sending me dick pics. Uh, actually, dude, I swear to God, no lie, I actually got a dick pic in that email. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I, I was so confused. I was just like, how, how does this happen? I don't know. <laughs> people don't know hate me as it is. That, but it, seriously, someone sent our email a dick pic. People hate me as it is, like I said, so. Yeah, shit, man. Okay, I got it here. I accidentally closed it out by accident. Um, so we had a question here on the uh, on my channel, on the video, So, <laughs> which you don't really get a lot of questions on here anymore, uh, from Hogwash. Uh, since you mentioned Friday the 13th, what are your thoughts on the upcoming video game? Uh, well, I guess still a cool. year away. Um, any interest in it? Yeah, of course, man. I mean, most recently, they get I don't really play a lot. I haven't played a lot of games, I should say, in the last couple of years. But just recently, I've been getting back into it because uh, with the son, you know, he's he's just old enough where he can, you know, he he can play games. I play card games with him and stuff. And I've been getting back into it. I was playing Red Dead Redemption the other oh, day. That fucking awesome. I love and, you know, it. I was just Great loving it. It was just really it just kind of got me back into it. And I was like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome, man. I was like, shit. So I'm really stoked for this. Get now. a PS4 and play until dawn, man. You're going to love that shit. Ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just really enjoying it. So, really good stuff. So, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I can't wait to play it. Actually, I'm gonna pick it up. I think you it's have to really... get a PS4 because that's okay. That's okay. I, I think it's really cool. You know, just based on the fact that that it's it looks it's like, a, like the Jason multiplayer game. love. Um, my only thing is, I, I honestly don't think that these the concept of like the slasher in a video game works very well. I know Jeremy said that, that one game was really fun and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like a novelty thing to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it's just yeah. like, you know, kind of disposable, cool to see. It's really neat, but it's not going to be a game that you're going to keep playing over and over again, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally, but what down. I think is what they're trying to go after is that it's a multiplayer game. You have like 10 people playing as the campers and one person playing as Jason and the person playing as Jason goes around and try to kill the campers, and the campers try to survive. I think that's what it's kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From what I read on it. That could be cool. Yeah, that could be well, like... We'll see how it goes. I mean, we're definitely interested. I mean, shit, that's my I mean, really, it, franchise. I mean, really, I could, I could just handle being Jason Voorhees walking around in the bush and with a huge machete and just hacking off chick's tits. I mean, that would be the best video well, game. you're already in the bush, so... <laughs> Yeah, awesome. We all know how much Moods loves the bush. Yeah, the '70s bush, man. Yeah, and the landing strip, because according to Moods, he likes to eat them off. <laughs> oh, Why not, man? You got to change it up a little bit, you know. You <laughs> can't be predictable and shit, and just going straight in there. Um, yeah. So next question here, we got uh, uh, from Dave Winmare. Uh, I enjoy discussion on on horror comedies. Uh, thank you. Uh, one horror comedy I really enjoyed this year was a movie called The Final Girls. Have you guys seen it? And if you have, what are your thoughts on it? Thanks. Um, no, I have not seen The Final Girls yet. I haven't picked it up because it's just way too expensive up here. <laughs> Ridiculously expensive. You guys seen it yet? Nope. Family video pickup. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably what Jeremy's going to do for sure. Um, no, I unfortunately haven't, but I've heard nothing but good things. I haven't bought anything in family video in two months. That's crazy. Because there's just nothing to buy. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then we got a comment here from Jacob Thompson. It says, buying from Code Red is like spitting yourself in the face. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's fucking hilarious. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Fuck, uh, see that? Fuck Code Red. Yeah. 
more with the code red fucking bashing here. Um, you know what? Maybe I got an email here, um, basically kind of responding to the code red, um, rants I had last week. Cause I kind of went off about just something that Bill had posted about taking away international post or, uh, shipping again, because, you know, he's getting all fed up with bullshit and stuff. And <clears throat> I, I just gave my two cents on that. And, uh, here's a, here's a response from electric cools, <laughs> which is probably just Bill himself. Which is, that would be fucked up. No, because this one's way too nice, and I think the I think it's written decent with decent grammar and stuff. So, you know, unlike JP, de- definitely not Bill. Because I actually read his I read his post word for word last week, and it just it sounds like a four year old wrote it. So, listen when you, de- you when you start an email by saying I just wanted to defend Bill a little bit, this you get you instantly get a little nervous when somebody says that to you. <laughs> yeah, man, I was like, okay, yeah. <clears throat> so the first line. I just wanted to I just wanted to defend Bill a little bit. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's gonna give it to me raw. I can't wait for this. Um <laughs> it says, I understand the whole ordeal with international orders. It is a bit ridiculous that he won't learn how to properly shift thing ship things internationally, but I honestly think this shouldn't make people boycott his releases. <clears throat> you know, I mean that's up for debate, well, he right? Steals, well, so. No, honestly, the reason people should boycott his releases isn't just because he won't ship it internationally. <clears throat> it's because he's a bad businessman and he's a shady guy. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the bigger picture here. It's the fact that he is shady and you know, I mean, he just he just looks shady too. Have you ever seen what Bill looks like before? Yeah, he looks shady as fuck. He does, man. He totally looks like that guy that you don't want your fucking five year old son. He's going like a sleazemeister that is stuck in the seventies. But you know, I mean, I mean, that's just getting on a, off on a tangent though, too. But but he really does look the part. Weird. He does yeah. look the part. So he's got also there's though, honestly. <clears throat> <laughs> also, there's more factors that have that has affected his decision to stop shipping internationally. There is a lot of lost packages that get lost while being shipped internationally, as well as people uh, who don't have the patience for, um, you know, don't have the patience amount of time Bill takes to ship things and do PayPal chargebacks. Okay, pause. Listen, people, people, it's not that's not a problem. Just, yeah. It's not a problem for people not to have patience. That that's the customer, <clears throat> dude. That that Customer's has no right. effect. Uh, and uh, uh, that like, doesn't exist here. Yeah, it, who cares? Who cares if the customer doesn't have patience? That's that's part of the problem. That that's Bill. Bill needs to fix fix things so that they mm-hmm. don't even have. Who cares if they don't have patience? Right. That's yeah. part of it. That's part of being a, a salesman. That's part of having your product out there. There's going to be, be people without patience. You have to cater to them. That's just how things work. Exactly. That's how good business people run. You know, like fuck, give your, give the With, your whether customers it's warranted what they want. or unwarranted. Make them happy so they come back. Don't fucking shoo them away like mice. Yeah, it, it, even if it's warranted or unwarranted, a lot lack of patience. But it makes it sound so bad. It's like matter. An, an email here and there. Like I've never seen Diabolic DVD ever once ever post bad shit about their customers and blah blah. And I bet you they get emails. For yeah. sure they do, or he does. It's you know, just bad and PR, man. You know, it's just fucking, he's got people that are doing shit for him and, you know, you got to spend some money to make some money sometimes, like I said before. So, um, he goes on to say, he talks a lot about these things on the forum and even through social media, uh, post seem like he's acting a, a bit mature. I think he's just frustrated with these type of things happening and costing him money. Well, of course, yeah, you're I mean, allowed to would, be frustrated, but don't go exactly. to social media and post it. There's, you're not supposed to do things like that. And that's why I just feel like this guy is not 
uh, he's just not a good person at doing no, what but, he's doing. But the thing, you know, I can understand the fact of being frustrated and stuff, but the simple fact of going out and blaming specifics, he's like, he's blaming Canadian customs for stealing code red DVDs and Blu-ray purposely. He literally blamed like Canadian fan, fans before, right? Like, didn't he say yeah. something about you? Like, I wish I had a kept Canadian the fucking fans suck or something. He, he wrote me an, a response one time personally to me. And I was like, dude, are you fucking serious? He's like calling me down. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. Cause you're Canadian. Blah. You guys are all stealing shit. Blah. blah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking to, man? You stepped in my fucking face right now. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. He's fucking blaming a whole country because he's an idiot. It's not, people aren't going out of their way to steal shit at customs. That's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. It, just, it doesn't work like that, man. Shit is getting lost or he's not, he's not fucking shipping it for one thing. Who knows? We don't really know what the thing is, but shit doesn't go missing like that and in I'm, customs. I'm that sure time. it is hard, man. I'm sure it does suck when you lose a $50 order and it's gone. It's gone. You can't do anything about it. Right. But that's not, that's you part can't of business, take it man. out. You can't take it out on the, on the customer. You can't get mad at the Canadians. You can't take it out on a Canadian customer and say like, you fucking Canada sucks. You just can't do that, dude. It's not cool, no, man. You can't alienate your fucking customers like this, dude. It's like, fuck, you know, all we're trying to do is give you money. Do you not like our money? Like shit, dude, just work it out. All we're trying to do is, Oh, you're already overcharging for all these products. The transfers are shitty. You know, the packaging is is whatever. There's nothing special about Code Red. It's the novelty of it almost. You know, it's like Code Red. Holy shit, man! I need to get that. It's everything's it's, fucking limited purely, in quotations. Yeah. End quote. You know, it's not fucking limited. We all know this. It's it's a bunch of bullshit because Bill is always finding these limited products a year, year and a half down the fucking road, and all of a sudden he's got a whole warehouse full of them. Dude, that is some shady shit, man. Yeah, you're, you're selling like your Charlie shit. Band now. It's yeah, probably, I mean, honestly, it probably is limited. He probably gets 10,000 copies of something and then he never <laughs> makes them again, but he just well, that's, but holds I mean, some off the, the side, you know? Well, when he had that first run of Blu-rays that came out and stuff, you know, they were all limited to 1,000 or 1,200 and stuff. And apparently there's still more, but he did say eventually that, you know, he repressed up a bunch of these and stuff like that. So he did come out and say that. I think he might have been hounded about it a little well, bit because well, people were calling him out. I, did I think that's what happened. People were calling him well. out. He said, you know, I, I make something limited and everybody gets mad about it. They they complain, they complain, they want it. So I get more pressed up and then they complain about that too. So yeah, there there is situations like that. But my thing is don't make it limited in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just press up the shit, man. Or at least don't. I, I noticed his products sells are obviously tactic, selling. Right? It's a sales it seems like tactic. A lot of, yeah, a lot of collectors go out, go out of their way to buy the shit, man. Uh, he's always saying that he's not selling a lot of products and blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, bullshit, man. You know, there's a lot of people out there that support him, like fucking, mm-hmm. you know, like they're their own kid. So, you know, I and then so he goes on to say, either way, uh, either way, most of his new products. Uh, arrive at Diabolic DVD like the Strangers and Screen Archives web store which uh, bullshit internationally. So he goes on to say that you know there is ways of getting Code Red pro- products from other places and that's a that's good cool. thing. And that's I, cool. And I, do know, and I do know people that have specifically you know said fuck going through the Code Red store and they do. They go through Screen Archives and they go through Diabolic and Honestly, I had bought stuff from Diabolic, you know, because there was a time period where he had stopped shipping internationally. And I did. I, you know, I'd buy a couple of products from Diabolic because they carry, they have a really good selection of, you know, international releases and stuff. So I'll grab them from there. And that is true. You can grab them from there. That's cool. I understand it is a bit frustrating if you want a Code Red Scorpion releasing f- title from his big car, big cartel store. And you are a non-US. <laughs> Love that. But these are also reasons why his brother Walt, who owns Scorpion releasing, stopped selling inter- 
independently and just sends the stuff to Amazon Diabol Extreme Archives, does joint releases with companies like Kino, yeah, that's or has sell his extra to. stock off um, on on the Code Red uh, Big Cartel store. Um, yeah, you know, makes sense. Honestly, Bill. Yeah, has been when talking- it gets too much and you can't handle it anymore, that's when you, you know, get somebody else exactly. to do it, like Amazon yeah. or or you know <clears throat> these joint releases or whatever. Makes a lot of sense. Bill has been taking steps to improve his business by taking some advice from his brother and putting stuff on Scream Archives. Despite all of this, I know Bill is a bit shady. So he goes on to say that he is a bit shady. And some of his practices of having ridiculous prices and not announcing Blu-ray versions of his old DVD releases ahead of time, which I have noticed. Uh, but I think in the end, he just wants to put out these hidden gems and make customers happy. Now, I agree I don't, with half I don't Steve. think that that. I agree that he wants to put out these hidden gems. Because he knows they're going to make money, but he's not about making customers happy because he doesn't give a shit about customers. Because you don't see anything, literally anything in his history, in his track record that shows that he wants to make customers happy. The dude wants money. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I actually think that it's silly when people complain about companies being money hungry. They're fucking there to make money. Like that is the point of having a company. So I don't have a problem with people wanting to make money, but I do have a problem with people pretending that they want to make the customers happy no mm. they they want to make money and it's cool to do that but this guy is not good at, at, at even pretending to want to make the cu- customers happy oh yeah big time so yeah and then he goes on to tell he goes on to tell a story about um you know he had a problem with this just before dawn disc and bill replaced within 10 days and stuff like that and you know i have heard stories like that no you know? that's what's supposed to happen though right so like, exactly you're, you're pointing I, out something that should be the the standard but it's mm-hmm. not that's the problem that is not the standard situation that happens so mm-hmm. you know that like it's good that that happened to you but it should happen to everybody yeah, and that's the thing. I I mean, I've had, you know, some. I've had you know one really really bad experience with him, and it was just like it just showed every worst color. That's the of... main reason I don't like him because I remember when that whole thing went down with you, dude, and you oh, told yeah. me about this stuff. I was like, this dude, this is ser- seriously like seriously he went that far. Yeah, dude, it it was fucking crazy, dude. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. So, um, I don't know, man. You know. Final Honestly, thoughts. that was a well-written email, though. Like, like, dude did explain his points, and he has valid points in there. No, no, he does. He really does. You know, um, I, I, you know, the the thing is, I know a lot of people are just pissed, and they they really don't want to fucking deal with them. You know, it makes a lot of sense from all the shit that you hear and stuff like that. But when it really comes down to, it, I know, I know you guys will disagree, but I really fucking it, it is really about the film with me, and you know, sometimes I just. I don't really care where it's coming from. Like I don't collect code red really. I don't need to have every code red release, blah, 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 but they do have some titles that I'm like, fuck man. Like they got it right now. And you know, it seems like when he has a title, he's not letting that shit go very often. Unless of course he sparks up a really random deal with scream factory or something. And they release fucking evil speak or something like that. Or, and you know, it oh, very, that happen? yeah, that's huh. where it, because code red had just released the dvd like a year and a half before, prior or whatever so you get that kind of weird thing um but uh i don't know man you know it, it's for me it's just about the film and i guess you just gotta you get just kind of roll with the punches a little bit and just be like well there is alternate options here like with screen archives and uh you know diabolic and stuff and just kind of forget about it and you know if you don't have to go with them directly that's what i suggest but i know i know jp you completely agree you won't 
try to buy any release because nope. you know so it, just the principle of it i i mean honestly i don't know much about the guy like i, I just know what what i've seen and what you've told me and i don't know much about the films these released i just i just don't want I, I just don't even want to put myself in this situation where i have to deal with buying stuff from him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're yeah. fucking too expensive <laughs> dude i know man like Blu-ray. So just for shits and giggles, I went on the code red. So this was like just by chance. It happened to be like two or three days before with the strangest. And I, I think I told the story before, but it came out to like 45 bucks after shipping and conversion and stuff. I was like, holy fuck for one Blu-ray. I'm like, Jeremy would take, have a heart attack. If, if do you like, take he had payments? Of code red. <laughs> yeah, do you, yeah, do you take payments? Couch of, cushions and shit like that. Do you take payments of like fucking kidneys? Or something like, do you want an organ from me to pay for this and shit? Ridiculous, man. But you'll buy them. Oh, no, I didn't buy it. No, I didn't buy it. I wasn't paying that shit. That's ridiculous. I want that movie, but I don't, I'm paying those fucking prices, man. You know? So, it happens. So, so. he does ask you one question at the end, I think. Oh, um, obscure Giallos? Um, fuck dude, man. There's so many, um, one that really always comes to my mind that no one ever talks about is, uh, you fucking smoking again, JP. (laughs) What? What? Fucking smoking again. (laughs) Fucking smoking. Yeah. Um, is a Lamberto Bava film called body puzzle. It's, it was released in 1992. Um, and it's just, it, you know, it's kind of one of those, like, neo-Giallo films. I mean, at this point, they weren't really making a lot of Giallo films, let's face it, right? And Lamberto Bava, you know, of course, is known for doing Demons and Demons 2 and, and films like that. And hadn't really done anything too notable for a few years and stuff. And then did a film called Body Puzzle. Uh, it was released by Raro Video. Um, you know, I really recommend that one, man. It's a really good film. Definitely a hidden gem from the 90s, so you know, definitely give that one a shot. I think that's one uh, really good film, so uh, that's pretty much the, the one that I came on the top of my head. So, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, check out that one right there. Um, I'll get back to you with some more, I'll definitely email you with some more. So, but yeah, thanks for the email. That was uh, it was good, man. It was really well written and you know, informative and it's good for conversation. So, thank you. Alrighty, yeah, so thank you to everybody for the voicemails and questions. Awesome stuff this week. Um, yeah, again, you know, never hesitate to phone or drop us an email or question. <laughs> Fuck, what an idiot. <laughs> Give us a phone call. You know, this bitch. He still fuck it up. Even when he tries to fix it, he still fucks it up. No, I'm saying that purposely, man, because, you know, it gets Jeremy fucking going. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, dropping emails too. I mean, we never get emails. So that's actually quite nice to actually see your email and, of course, questions and stuff. But uh, yeah, don't hesitate to give us a goddamn call. You know, I don't know the number off the top of my fucking dome. So. Alrighty, guys, so no knowledge for this week, but if you guys out there have any specific topics you would like for us to discuss on the show, feel free to drop us a voicemail, drop us an email, uh, throw us a question on the wherever, and we'll be glad to uh, get into those. Because some of these, sometimes we don't really have the best brainstorming to come up with knowledge ones, and uh, this week is a perfect example. Didn't have really anything on uh, on the menu, so, but if you have anything... 
drop us a line. Alrighty, so moving into the uh, morbid fact. The coroner's report of weird stats and morbid facts, courtesy of Rumor Magazine. And this one is coming from issue 146. That is uh, July of 2014. It was the one with curtains on the cover. Yeah, when Synapse was releasing curtains. Dope. Um, this is a really quick one. Um, first thing I looked at, I was like, yep, that's what I'm doing. David Cronenberg's original title for his 1977 film, Rabid was mosquito -uh. (laughs) isn't that interesting that is interesting that is interesting because then i wouldn't you know and the reason why i said that is because like you know you think they would have actually called or maybe do you think they would have named the film mosquito the tv Mm. film how many mosquitoes are there films wise i don't i I think just the one just straight up called mosquito do you think they would have come up with a different title if cronenberg had named his film mosquito because chances are it would have been, you know, well known enough. Yeah. It would have been well known enough. It would have been, yeah. like, what? you Probably. know, we're going to base this film about, you know, giant mutated mosquitoes. Let's maybe call it something else. There is one called Skeeter, and there's one called Mosquito Man. Is also, true, man? I think you that know what? True. It does go under the title Mosquito. I think as well. Really? Maybe. Well, that's interesting. I know Skeeter. Yep. Interesting. Alrighty. So that is going to do it for Mood Swings, guys. And uh, getting into what we're all here for. The director spotlight of Mikhail Suave. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Probably, like Interesting I said. Interesting director. Yeah, like I said off the top of the show, you know, he is... He's a very interesting director because, you know, he hasn't really done a lot, um, you know, of his own films. You know, he was, you know, assistant director on a bunch of other films. I know that he worked with, obviously, Argento and apparently worked with Fulci. And he, he worked with a lot of well-known mm-hmm. uh, Italian directors, you know, before he he did his very first uh, feature-length film, which is Stage Fright um, in 1987. Uh, but, he, you know, the, the weird thing is, is that he'd actually done a film – called Dario Argento's World of Horror. It's a documentary that came out in 1985, and it yeah. was released by Synapse Films, and I've actually seen it before. And it, it's it's really, you know, about Argent- that time period of Argento, because he was obviously, in, you know, his protege and stuff like that. And it's, there's a lot of behind the scenes of, like, uh, phenomena and things like that. And 87. It, it, Man, this movie feels so much older than... It feels like it came out, like, in, like, 83 or 84. Really? You think so? Yeah, I don't feel like it feels like a movie that came out in 87 i don't think i don't think so at all that's um, weird but yeah so moving into uh you know uh, st- uh stage fright from 1987 also known as aquarius i believe this film has like four or five other alternate titles too um Deliria also known as Deliri- the titles there, there's like a bunch of them man like owl killers you know things like that you know <laughs> but there's like a bunch of them man it's crazy uh from 1987 uh the uh short and long of the synopsis on this one a group of stage actors lock themselves in the theater for a rehearsal of their upcoming musical production unaware that an escaped psychopath has sneaked into the theater with them yes and now they're getting picked off one by one by someone in an owl costume. With quite possibly one of the most annoying characters in late 80s history. Which character? And, who, and who's this annoying character? The fucking short hair blonde chick. Wait. Wait. I have to look up her name. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm like the same way, man. I always forget characters' names, too. I'm terrible at that. Alicia? You think so? You think so? One of the most annoying... Like, are you talking about the main character? 
No, it's the one of the guy's girlfriends. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what her name is. <laughs> there are wood names, but... Like I'll find it. Um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on this one? I know it's a first-time watch for you guys, so what are your initial thoughts on this one? I wasn't overly annoyed by the character, first of all, but uh, my overall, you know, just first impressions was i dug it i thought i thought it was pretty cool uh one of the things that i do like right off the bat that i think is uh of mention is the actual owl costume uh, it, like he likes to use animals honestly i was expecting because i knew about the owl head thing and I, I expected it to be like kind of a stupid thing like gutter balls but it it actually it actually made sense because they're doing a play there's this like, night owl Sib- thing and i was like bitch. okay Okay, I, like it, it, it fit why he had it on. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't just some random ass thing that somebody found. It like well, it, no, but it yeah, makes sense. It makes perfect sense because that was already in the film. It was already part of the play, right? So yeah. why not utilize that? So you know, it's, it's not like they just came up with this just for the, just for the you know the killer's mask. But yeah, I Honestly, always thought it, was it really, looks it, so cool, dude. It really does. I know it, it really does, doesn't it? It looks kind of like freak. the eye shots, like the eyes, like. Really illuminating, like you can really see the guy's eyes through the mask. So mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. You and think that uh, you think that Suave got that from you know Argento and you know those early like just really, but you know he, those focusing shots on the eyes and all that. And like I think he gets like the animal thing from Argento too. Oh, because like all his films have something to do with animals and some sort of another, especially the church. It's like it's straight up animal references. So. I think mm-hmm. he got that from Argento too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about this movie I love. I love the way it starts with the. Uh, I love the the stage or the um, the theme music for Stage Fright Man. It's like this up tempo jazz infused. It like, sounds like a Pee Wee soundtrack. Yeah, like the 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 music is awesome, but it fits so perfect because it's kind of like that, uh, you know, almost um, you know, almost that, like kind of pretentious you know broadway type music yeah, that you'd expect yeah, to hear sure. in it right you know you with know, that jet with the you know with the sax and stuff like that uh-huh. i don't know i just found the soundtrack was so fitting for what they were doing it was just perfect it's very artsy it's a very yeah. artsy kind of infused soundtrack and, and you know i actually heard you know this is a film that i've i've heard about for a while i've seen different reviews on it back in my like early youtube days where i watched a lot of reviews and I, I had always heard bad things about the music, so I was expecting to not like it, and then I was like, I actually really like it. Yeah, I like it too, actually. <laughs> it's so awesome, man. It gives the film it gives the film a, a weird feel, and I think that the whole stage, uh, the location, the theater that they're in, I think that that um, l- lends itself to making this film like kind of unique as well, and the music just fits it. It just both of those two things work so well together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I one thing I like about this movie is like the whole setup of it. You know, like they they're they're you know they're a Broadway you know club or whatever, and they yeah, got to yeah. get this play done. They have to practice it because it's crunch time. They have like a week before their opening, and the uh, the director of this of this play is quite Douche pissed bag. off. <laughs> well, he's pissed off though too because like everyone is not up to what he's expecting. He, mm-hmm. Not everyone's up to his par and stuff. He's your typical he's, stage director. Yeah, so he's you know he's he's pissed off and he just wants to do a good job and so basically you know he's like okay hey, we need to fucking lock ourselves in here we need to get this shit done and the thing I like about the setup of this film is that it gives you a lot of potential victims right away it doesn't have that 
you know, that over cliched, you know, kind of set up where there is like four or five people and, you know, your body counts can be super low. And then, you know, and then it kind of infuses the people. Up. Yeah, the shot, the cops show up and then the paramedics and then people start yeah. getting picked off like that. This one already sets the stage, <laughs> pun intended, um, <laughs> to have a lot of fucking victims right away. And it already gets away from that stupid ass cliche of bringing people in and, OK, they're getting picked off. And, you know, what you see in a lot of you know, in slasher films, technically. So it kind of got away from that. I like that. Yeah. And to I even, like a lot. even to add to that a little bit moods, I thought that it kind of broke the mold a little bit as well with the fact that they, they, they really do kind of stick together for, for majority of the mm-hmm. film, which normally, you know, people are wandering off by themselves, getting hacked. Yeah. But that happens up. too, though. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does, but I, it also has them together a lot too, which you normally don't see in slashers, especially yeah, where the hell did the gay guy go? And then he just like shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean those things are going to happen, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean you have a yeah. lot of people in there too to keep track of. It's mm-hmm. probably a little more difficult than you think. Um, the, your main character, uh, Lysia, uh, played by Barbara. I can't never say her name. Barbara Kuptisi. Kuptisi. <laughs> so bad with names. I'm sure Derek's just fucking laughing at him. Kuptisi. Something like that, yeah. Um, I always the, the one thing in this movie that always cracked me up is the setup that allows her to go to the mental institution. Yeah, she has a hurt ankle, like yeah, really. So, so she hurts her ankle, but I just love the fact that, like, you know, the closest place because they're under distress, right? Like, the director is pissed off and they're not even supposed to leave. Like, he doesn't even want her to leave and go ch- get her ankle checked out. So, their their idea was, you know, well, let's just find the nearest hospital, and, and it so happens to be like a mental institution or a mental hospital. Yeah, my only thing that. with that, I, I thought it was really stupid that like that's why she left because what what did she plan on happening? Like if she if her ankle's broken or if it's sprained, like either way, like you like you, they can't really do anything for it. Like mm-hmm. like you're pretty much just bowing out at that point of the of the. Uh, yeah, I think I, I I always just kind of assumed that she was going there just to get it checked out. You know, okay, is it cool? Like, can I continue kind of thing? I never kind of got the impression that she was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, go there and, 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 you know, have her hope that, you know, it's all fucked up so she can get out of there. I, I don't really get that impression of her no, character. No, no, and I didn't get that impression either. I'm just saying, like, to me, it's it just seemed pointless for her to go anywhere because even if she got it checked out, what are they going to say? You mm. know, it's either going to be... Oh, no, I'm the same way. Like, I mean, I won't go to the hospital unless I'm fucking broken or dying. You know, like if I sprain my ankle, I'm like, well, I, I'm still breathing, you know, kind of thing. Because to me, like, it seemed like she had every intention on coming back. So, yeah, exactly. But then it's like, what's the even point of going? Well, see, that's the thing. For me, sometimes I feel when I watch this film is that I, I look at her and I go, I think that they just want to get out of there for a breather, though, too. Okay, that's, you know, she that's does, she, she if you does can use that as an explanation, then yeah. yeah, I'll roll with that. Because, I mean, she's quite obviously not being overly liked by the director and the rest of the cast. She's kind of like being hated on by everybody. Everyone's pissed off at her. Everybody's and mad they, all together. <laughs> yeah, everyone, well, everyone's just under distress. And, and, yeah. and, you know, it's not that everyone's a shitty character. Everyone's just in that mode. They're just in crunch time and there's stress on everybody. And I, I just kind of think that she's getting out of there to just mm. simply get a breather you know i don't think there's anything more to it so well and the black yeah. guy lets her <laughs> well yeah i, I think honestly i don't really think many of these characters are interesting interesting except I agree. for willie <laughs> like willie is the only character i pretty much care yeah, thing about the characters the characters in this film are definitely pretty, pretty bland. but well no 
I w- I'm not going to go as far to say generic. I'm going to say they're, they're just. I'm just. I'm just going to say. Yeah, they're, they're not generic. Yeah, because they, because they are they're, kind they're, of unique in in what they are, but mm. they're just not anything. A lot of them special. are just normal. Yeah, they're just normal, pissed off characters and stuff. They're not like, you know, those dickhead ass. I mean, maybe a little bit besides the director and stuff, but they don't. They uh, really just don't evoke any kind of feeling whether it's negative or positive yeah they just don't play on the natural cliche characters you know you don't have that big fucking buff macho guy and big slutty you know maybe a little bit but like yeah sybil and she's the most annoying fucking character in the whole damn movie it's not over it's not overly cliched in that in that aspect so i mean i think the characters are just bland like no no one's really that definitely sticks out you know so yeah it is what it is um what you guys think about the kills in this film because you know theoretically when you watch a slasher film you're not really watching it for you know these awesome uncliched characters and you know i mean sometimes we and are this but deep imaginative story <laughs> exactly there's not really a lot of layers to a lot of slasher films let's, let's face it here um what really makes a good slasher film is you know sometimes if you can get away from you know having overly cliched and characters and stuff but is the kills is what we're watching these fucking films for really and a cool killer yeah my- kills cool killer I don't think so, man. I think the first kill in the film, man. Now, wait, the- wait, wait. I didn't say all the kills were shitty. I okay. just think in general there's, there's eh, kills with a cool killer. Okay. Yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't say shitty, but I'm on, I'm on the same page as Jeremy a little bit. Like I didn't really – nothing impressed me too much yeah, with the yeah. kills. They're just kind of like, okay, they, some of them look okay. Some of them all look- his movies are like that for me. The, like To me, some of the kills actually looked kind of bad. In a way, like they just the 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 physics of things just just wasn't super well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm. You know. I don't really find the kills overly that amazing. Too. I. I think the first one is probably my favorite one, just because it's raining to like these levels where you know it's completely. I love you know, that sh- shot and that. You know, that scene, just, like I love that rain, dude. It's just pouring. Yeah. Yeah, and it sets and, up the mood for the for like the dark stormy night. Like I, I like that in my slashers. Exactly, exactly. So, I thought th- I thought that kill was you know pretty good and stuff. But yeah, I mean they're not overly the most insane kills in this film. For I, sure. I do like when he he brands a chainsaw. Like mm-hmm. the, chainsaws are just that sound. And yeah, all his movies again, just... chainsaws are fucking. Well, good. I mean the the chainsaw death. I won't even, I won't tell you who dies, but. Fuck, man, that shit makes me laugh every single time, man. There's a part where Buddy looks at his arm <laughs> and fucking looks up, and this is like the funniest. The way it's filmed, it just makes me piss myself every time, and then and then the kill even gets better. Yeah. So I think that actually is the the most effective and funny one in the film. But now I, I do think the film manages to like towards the end. I thought that, I think that the whole end area. Not the very end, but like the the final girl scene type thing. Like mm-hmm. I thought that it was really suspenseful, and I thought it was well done, uh, especially when the killer is kind of just sitting there with all the feathers blown around. Like it looks good, and the yeah. scene with the key and the dog. Like I thought that that was all really well done. Like really well done, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always find the end of this film very effective for me too because well, I'm simply terrified of heights, and like mm-hmm. that is just an adrenaline rush to me to watch. <laughs> You know, and like anything but like you were that, throwing up. Ugh, I, yeah, it drives me nuts, man. And just like, ugh. but I get, you know, I get a little giddy yeah. when I watch and stuff like that. I think that, that it was just cool. You know, it's, you know, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but, you know, when she's hacking away at the uh, at the rope and stuff, I'm just like, yeah, you know, fuck that. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, because I kind of like that. I like that whole scenario, though, too, because at that point where the killer, he has to make a decision up or down. Uh-huh. Right. And I, I don't know. I like it. it just it's effective because it, it gets my gets my palms a little sweaty. Uh-huh. It might also be because they were on my balls, you know, <laughs> but um, it happens. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, I really enjoy this movie, man. I just I don't find it to be one of those films that, you know, because it came out at a time in 1987 where slasher films were way past their prime. You know, it seemed like a lot of slasher films that came out from like 85, you know, to 87, yeah. 89 were mm-hmm. on the little more fully generic side of slasher films. Like they were just, okay, there's another slasher film, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Do you feel that this one kind of separates itself from that cliche a little bit? Or I is, think it's it a lot kind of less campy than the slashers that were coming mm-hmm. out at the time. But it's and still exact. a lot of the same shit, though. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I don't but, know, but it's a slasher. They're I mean, all it, a lot of the same. Like shit. I said on the Facebook page, like the movie is really, really, really beautiful at some points, and I think like like not, the feather stuff where he's yeah, 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 yeah. Some I of agree. the cinematography no, it's is got a really lot of style. Nice. Yeah, it's got a lot of style. I think a lot of slashers don't have that, but it's a really, really beautiful movie to look at at some points. I, I completely agree. That's why I love this film because I feel like when I watch it, I'm watching something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I might not be able to fully pinpoint what it is, but there is something different. Maybe it's, maybe it is that it's a little more, um, you know, a little more serious. It's not as campy as a lot of these, especially the later 80s slashers, man. Some of them are just the point where yeah. they're fucking comedies, man, is what they are. This one doesn't really have a lot of, you know, comedic elements At to least it, man. not intentionally it's, comedic. Exactly. Not intentionally. I mean, there is a, obviously moments in the film where you look at it and you go, well, it's pretty fucking funny, actually, yeah. but, but not intended. But you know, you, know what, you know what I'm saying, though? It just has this different type of feel. And I think a lot of it starts with just the way he sets up and just the look and tone of his feels of the films. It just feels more serious right away. I, I think it yeah. succeeds as a slasher on a few levels, one of them being that it, at the time, sl- well, slashers were a dime a dozen. There were so many. And what mm-hmm. did every slasher try to do? It tried to set itself apart from other slashers. And I think that this mm-hmm. one does do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. I really do. Um, you know, and, and, and well, another huge thing about later 80s slashes, the time this one came out, man, it didn't seem like there was a lot of slasher films with really kind of unique standout soundtracks. And, you know, like you said, you'd heard people say they didn't like the music in this one. I personally love it, man. Yeah, I, I love I the music in this film. I, fits, I, I find it just fits so well for what the film setting is. They couldn't have done it any more better, in my opinion. I think it's, it's just kind of you know it's upscale and it's kind of pretentious and it's just it has that late '80s kind of fucking uh, up tempo feel. I don't know. I just find it fits perfect, and I think it just it works a lot better than a lot of other slashes do. Mm-hmm. I, I think my big negative comes in the very end. It's kind of like a what the fuck type thing. Yeah, like, because this really doesn't them. make a whole lot of sense. Because oh. the cops come, they take them. Well, don't go. I'm not, but it. like, but like. Yeah, yeah. I felt the same way, and then it even gets more bizarre. Like at the very, very end with Willie, and I'm just like, this has always been my biggest problem with the film. I just don't understand how you can, how you can, you know, write a script. Well, no, well, yeah. There's no justification in it. It doesn't make sense. It simply does not make sense. And my biggest problem, missing scene or something. Mm -hmm. Well, no, and that's the thing is that this was. I don't know. The script seems. You know, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, not flawed or anything. There is, you know, little 
problems here and there, but nothing too, too major. But, you know, the script overall is pretty kind of flowing. It's got a really nice kind of balance to the script and it's, you know, it's got a nice tempo to the film. It's not I don't slow. Understand. What's that? I said it's not slow or anything. You know, yeah, it's got, a, it's got a really good kind of tempo to the film. And I don't understand why you would incorporate something so bizarre into a film that's really not bizarre. Like, why would you kind of put that? end scene in there it's like yeah man you know it's kind of like it's kind of like what we talked about in um city living dead you know the very very last shot in that film Mm -hmm. which is mind fucked people forever no one can make any sense of it and you know and then you kind of just come to terms with it probably just doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense exactly no greater meaning (laughs) i've literally man the first time i watched this film which i don't know when it was um early days of fucking internet and stuff and uh yeah, dude, I had I was like, what the fuck did I? And of course, there's nothing on it. You look over the years, and people have the same ideas. You know, you look on there and like, okay, what is what, what's your interpretation? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's really what it is. And I've kind kind of come to the, my senses and my conclusion that I'm like, it doesn't make sense. So, but I mean, in reality, you know, it doesn't. Yeah, I had no idea what the. Fuck it's not was a fucking. <laughs> you know, it's not one of those. They're not trying to play some twist where you know, the killer is a fucking creature or, yeah, you know, yeah. he's not human or something. So you kind of look at this and go, this doesn't make any sense. Why would the scriptwriter put this into the film? You know, isn't it like, is it just an Italian thing? They have to have this like really bizarre last shot in their film sometimes just to kind of throw people off yeah. or simply are they doing it just, Hey man, we'll give them this. Cause maybe we might make an Aquarius too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But again, that would make no fucking sense. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. But my question is for you guys, does it hurt anything? Yes. yes. You think so? Yes. It does. It absolutely so it does. It hurts my rating for one. Because if we, if we had the discussion during our gentle with Bird with the Crystal Well, that's why we discuss plumage, it. I'm not – yeah. If we had okay. the problem with Bird with the Crystal Plumage with the ending hurting the film, why wouldn't this same thing hurt the film? Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like because you don't need it. You could have cut You could have cut the, the film off three seconds before – yeah, it's it's and, honestly it's bad filmmaking is what it is. Well, it's just it just seems like it just seems like a hiccup. You know, it seems like a burp. You're like, what the fuck? What was that? And hiccups are bad. Makes no fucking sense to me. I don't know, man. I don't know. But want to get into ratings, guys? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but let's see your moods go first on this one. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I honestly i'm a really really big fan of this film i always have been uh i do agree that the very end of this film i find that uh i just don't get it and it does actually bring down my rating a little bit but overall the whole film for me i find it has a really awesome pace to it you know there's nothing overly you know overly you know outstanding about the film except for the fact that the killer is very memorable music's awesome um, I think it just plays itself out very, very well. And I do like the way, uh, you know, Sauvier, um, Suave, Suave. <laughs> you know, fully, fully directed this. And like, I like his direction in the film. I like, you know, the sets and everything. It, I think it just, it is like Jeremy said, it's a very beautiful film. So all those type of things are a big factor to me, man. I think this film separates itself in the slasher genre, especially at a time where slashes were fucking, you know, basically boring. You know, they were, they were done in 1987 and all these things are good factors. The end, yeah, it does totally whatever. Um, I don't know how many times you could possibly hear the term right between the eyes in a matter of two minutes. <laughs> also, it, it's kind of to the point where it's like, okay, really, dude? Like, it's just bizarre. Man? 
We fucking heard you, dude. Uh, but I know I'm going to be the highest on this one because I really, really love this film. It's you know, it's always been one of my favorites ever since I've seen it. And I give it nine out of ten. All right, uh, I'm nine out of ten. <laughs> I'm going to come a little lower than that one, but uh, I agree with moods, man. I mean, a lot of the nine. positives that he said, I agree with. Uh, the you know, it, it, fun factor. The ending doesn't hurt it, but nine? at <laughs> At a you know review standpoint, at a uh, critical standpoint, the the ending hurts the film. It, it, it does, and and the bland characters hurt the film. Uh, I still really recommend it and like it. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven out of ten. Huh. Yeah, I don't think it hurts that that much for me. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I just think there's some cool stuff going on in the movie, and there's it has a really cool setting. I have to give him that. But with annoying characters, well, Sybil in general, but <laughs> unlikable characters and uh, kills that are have some interesting ones, but overall lackluster, uh, <coughs> I, gave, I gave this one a six and a half out of ten. Yeah, okay. well, I mean, I didn't Big expect you to come. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised you even came in that high, to be honest. It's not a bad movie. No, no. <laughs> no, that's, that's, no. that's not bad. I mean, it's only a half point off me yeah i i thought about going 7.5 but i'm i'm happy with the seven jeremy that's my job what do you have literally i've literally seen this movie so many fucking times like i just appreciate everything i'm saying but the thing is for me like i know you with annoying characters and it always brings down your rating it seems like two or three points um i don't find the characters annoying in this i just don't find them that interesting but it doesn't really it doesn't really hurt it that bad for me i'd rather have you know kind of straight bland characters than have you know full-blown fucking just annoying off the charts ridiculous character stuff i don't find anyone that annoying to really affect my rating that much and and i'm with you a little bit on that too because i don't find them overly annoying like you i just find them bland but uh i don't think that the film is good enough and then factor in those as well for me to personally be that high on it hmm yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like, uh, like I said, it's just like, you it's know, just like Gates- Dark Hall. <laughs> no, it's just like the Gates of Hell trilogy, man. Like the first time I seen City of the Living Dead, I probably would have gave it like a seven out of ten. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, that my ratings change a lot when I rewatch films. That's true. Every time, man, you know, like the first time I watched it Beyond, I was confused. <laughs> you oh, know, I'm, so I'm was, like that with the I'm church. still confused. I was com- I was coming in, I was coming in, you know, lower and. You know, House by Cemetery. I I don't know th- these. Those are the type of films that just they need multiple watches, and your ratings will change for you, sure. You want to know how many, how much I know about the church? Zero. Okay. Well, speaking of the church, how I about we get no, into that? Moods I still have no idea what the fuck's going on. Nineteen eighty nine, of course, directed by Michele so- Suave. Of Suave. Close, JP. Close. But your typical Mexican asshole fucks it up. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. The church. So this one actually has a like six writing credits, huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why it's so. Uh, you got confusing. Lamberto Bava, uncredited. Fabrizio Bava, Dario Argento, uh, Sa- on, Sa- on, Suave. <laughs> honestly, this movie is not confusing, Jeremy. It's just you're probably just suffering from first time watch, mm-hmm. or you're suffering right. from Facebook and while. Nope. Watching. Nope. No, it, it actually really isn't. Like, if you really just kind of think about it, it's actually quite simple. 
it's just like how people get confused with House by the Cemetery and really yeah, actually. I, honestly, I didn't have a huge problem with the, with the church. I did find there were a, a little bit of confusing elements to it. Yeah, but okay, I, I, overall, I, I, I will admit. I will admit admit before we get into this that there is a few things in the film that really don't make sense yes they're, they're just unexplainable mm-hmm. but as an overall product it does make sense so, I, i'm pretty sure that this is a common theme in italian films yeah yeah there definitely is and and you know i talked about this and i explained you know in last week's show um you know sometimes we don't watch these italian films for you know these these overly crazy uh stories and stuff like that we watch them for the style and you know the substance that i i feel they just kind of portray i feel especially with the gates of hell trilogy though a lot of that stuff can be explained simply by the fact that it is like hell and it is you know the, these gates that, that are unexplainable pretty much so mm-hmm. but you know so the I think that there is a. I think that there is a lot of like, um, you know, piecing it together yourself in those films. Uh, some of the other Italian films I've seen are a little bit more inexcusable when it comes to some of the shit that doesn't make sense. But uh, let's continue on moods. Uh, I believe you're going to give us a plot on this one. Yeah, an old Gothic cathedral built over a mass grave develops strange powers which trap a number of people inside with ghosts from a. From a 20th century massacre, seeking well, to resurrect an ancient from a what did I say? 12th century massacre, see, seeking to resurrect an ancient demon from the bowels of the earth. Okay, yeah. so oh come on. So first thing I gotta say, you know what, Jeremy? Is I'm really, I'm, I'm really surprised that you never even read into this film. There's so much going on in this movie, man, that like fuck, it's just I didn't hate it, but oh. it's just fucking layer. It's OK. OK, so obviously Jeremy is just like whatever. But OK, first off, score by Goblin. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Always music with me. First, score. first of all, also is let's start at the beginning. The yes. Jeremy hates period pieces, but it's only like 12 no, 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 minutes or something. No, that has nothing to do with it. I just. The period stuff has nothing to do with me. Well, I'm just saying that because you mentioned it. I think the period stuff actually is really well done. It's fucking looking, man. Really good. Really good stuff there. I was almost wishing. When it ended, I was like, shit, I wish the whole movie was like that. (laughs) Yeah, really good costumes, eh? Like, really good shit. Yeah, the knight armor. I I like the concept. Yeah, that's a long scene where they're just rolling through the town with a freaking massacre. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, when they're piling the bodies in there, I was thinking to myself, oh, I love Jeremy that. must be having flashbacks right now with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that was a bad joke. That was a low blow. But I was thinking to myself, going, holy fuck. That's I, I don't care. It's all other juice. No, I'm just fucking yeah, I'm just fucking around. But no, I, that scene's nasty because, like, you see the bodies just piling up in there and they look real. And you I see, like, heads and shit. And you're like, fuck. I love those images. Any film that has bodies upon bodies piled up. It's just so unsettling to me, and I love any film that that has a scene with that dude. It, it, I love those scenes; they're so creepy. Yeah, but I, so, I was bored out of my fucking mind. Oh, uh, well, let let <laughs> we'll get into. Okay, okay, take it away, Jeremy. Let's see. Nothing. I was just. Okay, what was so boring to you about the fu- about the film? I didn't feel like it was really going anywhere. All we have is this guy finds this piece of paper, this magical piece of paper. He well, well, hold up. First of all, they they hunt down these these possessed people in the early days. They bury yeah. Them let's in give them the, the backstory. Okay. They bury them in the ground, and then they, uh, you know, because they they're instantly like coming back to life because they're like demonic. So they ha- they have this 
like ritual type magic type thing where they put this cross into the ground and, and they're well they burned. so they, they think that they're coming back to life i think that is supposed to be someone that's actually still alive that's <laughs> reaching up above because uh, like, i thought they were like see what it, what it is back to life what, that's why they had to do that in the medieval times, like they just assumed and this, well, this is what it, it comes down to, like the whole, what the whole film is actually about. I mean, the whole film is just a huge metaphor for, you know, the Catholic church covering up their entire history, quite literally by building yeah. a cathedral on top of this fucking mess and covering up. And, you know, it's, it's like what the whole film, style. It is. It's like a huge metaphor. And, um, so I, I've always got the impression that, like, you know, they see the hand coming up and it's actually just someone that's still alive underneath there and stuff. But they assume that all these people in this village are fucking witches. Well, how the fuck can an entire goddamn fucking village be witches, man? You know, it's just these these people and their and their, uh, you know, religious ways and stuff. And that's the way it was back in those days. Right. You know, and it starts right from there. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, they may have done something bad. So, so do you think this was like a just, false thing? Like like Salem witch trials where a bunch of innocent people got murdered. No, I don't know. Who knows? Because I, mean, I kind of read into it like they were actually. I don't really. Witches I or... don't really. I honestly don't know if you're supposed to actually know if it was if they were real witches or not. I think the whole point of the film is just it's just you know this movie couldn't have been made by anybody else except for Italians because it makes a lot of sense because the Catholic you know it's obviously runs Italy right like you know the Catholic yeah, religion yeah. stuff. And it's a big fucking problem, and it's a huge metaphor. And I love the fact that they, you know, uh, Suave took the time to actually, you know, kind of layer this film a little bit and just make a huge metaphor for, you know, and calling out the church and being like, this is what you guys fucking do. You guys cover up shit. You guys literally cover, and that's what he used. He used that backstory of covering up, you know, and building this cathedral, and it's literal. It's literally, yeah. you know. So, and I like that idea. No, and, I'm down. I, I I do yeah, too. Yeah, no, that's too that's as well. interesting. Yeah, it is. And I thought it was for, and like, I can see why people find the movie a little boring and how there's things in the film that don't really make sense and stuff. Yeah, it's like 40 minutes and nothing goes on for the first, from the point where the massacre ends until 45 see, minutes I, later. I, I don't nothing really goes feel on. like that. No, I, I actually like it too. I mean, you got this guy that comes in, he's the hired on library and he's there to organize all the books and stuff. And you got a girl who is again played by the girl from uh, Stage Fright. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't say her fucking name. So let's call her the girl from CH, right? Um, and, you know, she's there doing a restoration. And that's how they end up finding the shit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of does make sense and things, things like that. But uh, I don't I, know. I, I just I, I just always found it interesting how they hook up right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always made me laugh in the film, man. I'm like, that guy makes good work, man. Really good work. I know another man who does that, and his name is Tommy <laughs> motherfucking Atkins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, so I like the concept, the the you know poltergeist concept, if you will, where yeah. there's these this stuff that was buried away. They put this giant cross on it to kind of signify that like this happened here, and then they build this giant fucking cathedral on it. Like I love that concept. I think it's creepy, and uh, I love the cathedral. Hmm. Like once again, oh. just like fucking stage fright. So there's some really beautiful shots going on in this again. And I'm not, all these three of these movies have some really beautiful stuff going on. And I just found this one just boring to me. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't really explain it. I just. I just. Well, see, it probably sets the stage for for you kind of losing interest today because you're not a big fan of uh, you know period pieces and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And then well, this one is this so one is a little slower. Yeah, the period you know, piece and, thing happens so quick. And honestly, one thing that I do want to say about that, I think that it's always smart 
when you have a period piece early on in your film and then it's present day afterwards mm -hmm. to have a smooth transition. And this one does it good because the first shot is a car. So you instantly know we are no longer in the yeah, Middle yeah. Ages. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't get it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll be the first one to say that. You know, I'm not a, as big as pretentious asshole as I seem that I fucking understand everything. Well, know? I mean, if you go into the notion of just, you know, if you rewatch this film and you're kind of looking for the points of, yeah, yeah. you know, just the Catholic Church and, you know, just the whole cover up, just the whole metaphor and you kind of look into things and it, it does actually make a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jeremy. It, it actually is a little more effective when you kind of look at it like that. I mean, there's obviously things that are just crazy and stuff you know like how you know how the um you know the explanation of the contagion and you know apparently it was a contagion and um you know the secret was hidden in the architect's mouth you know you understood all that stuff right mm -hmm. you know that you know yeah, and, yeah. you know you basically pull and you know like the building coming down is just it kind of seals the whole metaphor it's like you know okay it's it's hiding the secret again it, it's burying with the church exactly they're burying it again and this is yeah, what yeah. they're gonna do they're just gonna bury it uh -huh. you know and yeah. they don't ever face anything in reality this is what they do they fucking cover it up literally <laughs> you know <laughs> and i love how you know they they this called out the whole religion in this film you know it obviously didn't make a huge impact you know but uh, I just I like the fact that, you know, Italians made this film in in an area where, you know, it's dominated by that religion. And they're just like, fuck you, Catholic religion in the film. And I really I respect that. You know, who knows? I mean, there is obviously parts in the film. I do admit this one runs maybe 10 or 15 minutes too long. I no, think I'd agree I, with that. To me, I find that they try to they almost try a little too hard to try to explain things in the end of the film. And it just keeps kind of going on and on and on. And you're like, okay, well, you just kind of stick to this one explanation and we're cool, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. I find it just kind of keeps going and stuff. But yeah, I don't know, man. Jeremy. Um, I think overall, I think, it's a, I think it's a really interesting film and cinematography is fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah really, really nice. good. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, I, I got a question. Um, now, you said that you, you, know, you kind of just found it a little boring. Do you think that maybe you started to tune out a little bit and maybe that's why you got, you're, you're not exactly sure what, what all happened? Yeah, okay. Maybe. Maybe because I watched it later on at night and I fucking was tired. But I, I swore I paid attention to the entire thing <laughs> and I wasn't really turning out. I would be the first to admit it again if I was tuning out. I don't think so. Maybe I just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, that's a good possibility, man. Um, one thing I do like about this film is that it's it's told very you know the the tone of the film is very warm you know it's very it's serious right mm -hmm. there is some unintentionally funny moments in the in the third act of this film especially i don't know if you guys caught it but with the old couple and just kind of bickering back and forth oh yeah <laughs> i it, honestly i when that happened i was like oh that doesn't even feel right i like the no fucking... it doesn't every time i watch it i always pick it on i'm like why did they i was like i thought there? the whole film was gonna turn like take a total comedic turn yeah, what's up with the point? fucking like, kids oh, the kids are like what's the point here of what? Uh, of kids. No, of Lodi? just all the little kids. Um, I don't know. Probably Catholic and kids. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. There's probably there's probably more to it. Yeah, yeah and yeah. stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I like the bride killed. That was pretty cool. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> How about that subway thing? Yeah, that's pretty brutal too. <laughs> I was like, what? That was awesome, isn't that, man. Isn't that part like so surprising? Because you don't really expect it to happen, and it's no, like, not at all. I wouldn't all. think like a subway was like buried under the chair. Yeah, like but the, I guess it makes I would, sense. Like the um, <laughs> just kind of the 
uh, environmental like thing about it. I just but, was like, this doesn't really feel like it would. Well, look. not even that. You like think like because of the yell, how much noise it makes, and like it would like cause the church to fall down even faster <laughs> because of the fucking vibration that the yell makes, fucking zooming in the subway. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing, one thing about the film that's always kind of confused me a little bit is, you know, at the end of the uh, the backstory when they lay the cross down on the ground, mm-hmm. and then of course, you know, it takes it goes in the present time, and you know, the cathedral's built right on that spot. But then when they find, you know, the cross in the basement and stuff, and it's got like that uh, that kind of you know that headstone type thing in the middle, whatever you want to call it, it's almost like a manhole, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Was that thing put there when they were building the cathedral? I assume so because that's when you're doing all your, you know, architecture and your your grand uh, designs. And it, they the, you know, you got to think back. It was about art back then and stuff. They yeah. make everything all fancy and shit. So I, I just kind of chalked it up to that. Yeah. Because I, I did so, right. think of that at first too. But speaking of that little manhole thing, like that scene is great. The lighting, the blue oh, light dude. that shines oh, yeah. out. Love so it. So awesome. Fucking love yeah. it. And we see that blue light again in all his yeah. movies. All his movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. I love that type of lighting, and it, it really just adds to like this thick atmosphere that I just love. He is very. While his movies are very different, the cinematography and the lighting is very similar. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So yeah. he dabbles in all these different genres, but you could you tell notice- his style. You you definitely yeah. can tell he's talented. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. he you has know, talent. Working on so many Argento films and stuff, you can tell, you know, that he focuses a lot of time on things like that lighting and, you know, angles of shots. And he's just, he was Argento's protege. So it does make a lot of sense. I love, I think that one cool thing about this film, it does have actually a lot of atmosphere. Like even inside the church, it just, it just feels eerie. You know, I I think it's more for me because I just, I find going into churches just to be kind of unsettling i love something that church. because I, yeah. I i'm with you because i've never really been like a church goer yeah and i find me neither churches are a great place <laughs> to set a horror film <laughs> yeah really. but then but in the basement it's just like awesome yeah. man it's uh-huh. like so good man it just looks good it's it's kind of like you know in uh city living dead you know when they go into that crypt and stuff and like you know or in the in the beyond basement right jp mm-hmm. like it's yep. just fucking so awesome looking man just old and creepy and shit one thing Love we didn't that. mention is we got a young aja gento in here we yeah. do yes She's looking a little good already mm-hmm. no no homo dude i have to say the one part in this you mean film no with, pedophilia uh, yeah i guess so <laughs> the one part <laughs> in this film man that's just it's so it's so funny that suave threw this into the film fucking the looking librarian. up her legs yeah well he's kind of possessed at that time like he's yeah. not really himself and uh but just the fact of throwing that in there in a church i just I was like, okay, this is all yeah. making sense to me now. Yeah, like, yeah. really, like, you have this, you know, coming down on a kid, and it's like, holy fuck, man. They were just throwing lefts and rights in this film, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe she was 14 and was playing a 14-year-old. Yeah, she was 14. Well, now I sound even more fucked up. Yep. Jeremy right. is pro-pedophilia. Uh, yep. I might as well go join Jared when I'm at it. <laughs> See, this got sentenced to 14 years in jail today, so... One thing I really liked about, I mean, you know, I've heard people say, like, what was the point of Lodi's character in the film? Do you guys have any idea what, um, you know, what her, the point of her, like, I have some speculation of it. I think that it has to do with the beginning of the film. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah. I think, I think it's kind of layered. Definitely what's in the beginning of the film. I also think that, you know, her father in the film, he's, uh, 
the, what, do, what do they call them? The Saristican, per, uh, whatever they call it, like his job inside the church. Um, he is a, uh, he's basically the person that, you know, looks after the church and looks after all the contents inside the church. They actually have a name for it. <laughs> it's like the Sarkistican or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. I'm sure someone will correct me on that one. Um, but I found that it was kind of an interesting parallel, you know, in contrast to her character, because if you watch scenes in the film, he is, you know, he's kind of representing what the Catholic church is, you know, all about and stuff, you know, just, and his wife is kind of like the parallel to that. Um, you know, he's kind of like the evil person. He treats his daughter like shit and stuff like that. And his wife kind of represents the the church and she's just turning a blind eye to it. There's a scene where she comes in, you know, at nighttime from being out and stuff, she's smoking, drinking and doing her thing. And, um, you know, he's giving her shit and stuff like that. He's just being like overly aggressive with her and the wife, um, she kind of just ignores the whole fact, just kind of like just turns a blind eye to it. Mm-hmm. And her, I thought that was actually, be. yeah, just kind of let her be. And it happens actually a couple times in the film. Like he's kind of the, the, he's the bad and she's, you know, he's representing the bad side of the church and she's kind of representing the, you know, the part where it's turning a blind eye and things like that. I thought that was an interesting, you know, kind of contrast and, you know, parallel with the, with the main story of the film. Um, I don't really, it's not really the, the whole point of why she's there. It's just my kind of interpretation of why she's there. You know, so if it makes sense, anyone agree? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's it. What are you fucking Dave Hester? Man, I don't know, man. I was just having a lot of fun rewatching this film and just kind of reading yeah. shit. Cause I, I've I honestly do think this, uh, this is one I, I will need to rewatch. I feel like I'll pick up a lot more too, because even though I do feel like I got the gist of it and I feel like it wasn't that confusing to me, I know that there's more to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest problems I have with this movie is, you know, it does run a little bit too long. I just find it gets, it just kind of loses its direction a little bit at the end. It's like, you know, you could have probably summed up the whole thing without that extra time on the end. And I find it just, it does take a long time and it kind of hurts it a little bit. So, yeah. you know, but overall, I, I'm a really big fan of this. I love the layers to it and, you know, what's going on and, you know, that whole Catholic thing. I've always been kind of interested, even though I'm not a church person, but I just like that, you know, I really like how they just kind of called him out. It's yeah. fucking nice. It's that interesting. Nice. It's yeah. an interesting perspective. So, uh, you guys want to get into ratings? Sure. Sure. Jeremy, you want to go first? Okie dokie. Okay. Well, five out of ten. <laughs> All right. Um, it's a well-made movie. Good acting. I just found it boring. And maybe I'm just a part of my use of the art word, retarded. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody commented on that about on the Argento show. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Did, we actually had a discussion about that last week about a using little brief the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, me personally, like I dig this film a lot. I love the setting. Uh, I do think there are some plot holes, and like Mood said, it, it does run a little bit too long, gets a little clunky in there a little bit. Uh, I love the opening. I mean, altogether, like I just, I just think that this film is a, is a cool setting it's a cool horror film uh I, I love the concept behind it the the symbolism like moon said i honestly don't have a lot of problems with it besides just the the clunkiness and the and a few plot holes here and there i give it an eight out of ten hmm eight out of ten not bad um yeah i'm 
pretty much exactly what they're. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not a perfect film. Runs too long. I think that's the biggest thing that hurts it for me. I do like some of the gore in this. I think there's some scenes that are you know unintentionally funny that don't need to be there. But you know, I'm gonna get <laughs> slammed on this one. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I fucking laughed. I, every time I see the train scene, I, I fucking laugh so hard, man. It's Listen, crazy. I don't really laugh out loud a lot. I, yeah. I believe I've said that before. Like when I'm by myself. <laughs> And like it took like it, it wasn't immediate like <laughs> it was like a delayed. <laughs> I had that. <laughs> like that. I had that in cemetery, man. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, man. I, I'm just you know I, this film has grown on me over the years. Like I honestly, when I first watched this one, my rating would have been a lot lower. And just over the years, I've kind of come to appreciate to what they were trying to accomplish with this film. You know, it was more than meets the eye. You know, you have to read into things a little more, and. Um, you know, I think it really does work. You know, there is there is some things that are unexplained and, you know, some obvious plot holes and things. But, you know, you're going to get that in these Italian films in which I explained last week. And um, I really enjoyed eight and a half out of ten. <clears throat> cool, man. Uh, so my asshole rip on this one. <laughs> give it another watch in a couple months, Shami. I know you're not a big rewasher, but I think you might see it a little bit different. Well, it's, it, it's like all these films, right? I mean, especially the Gates of Hell trilogy, right? You agree right jp oh yeah 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 and and that's another thing like i do think that the church really kind of like had some of the similar things that i liked about the gates of hell trilogy like it felt like kind of one of those type of films Mm -hmm. um but before we actually get into cemetery man i think we're actually going to try something a little different this week we will review the film give our ratings and then at the end we will actually do a little bit of spoilers but it'll be at the very it'll be after the show's pretty much over so Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um i agree actually i think that's an interesting um idea i don't know who came up with that was that actually you that came up with that because i think yeah that it wasn't i've heard other podcasts do it okay yeah but, it's a good idea and i've only wanted to do spoilers if we do them after the show's already over so pretty much anybody everybody could just leave because that's the end of the show after that and then the people that have seen the movie can stick around exactly okay so Cemetery Man from 1994. Which is crazy. 1994. I mean, what a shit fucking decade. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> uh, also known as De La Morte De La More, Of course. Um, yeah. Uh, Cemetery Man. No, I'm just trying to read the fucking. The, the, okay, the description the on this one film. One sentence is, description. It's like so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> a cemetery man must kill the dead a second time when they become zombies. Okay, well, I guess that's a short and long of it, right? Ratings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, this one we're introduced to our lead character who is kind of living at the cemetery. Like, he is, he he is, is like the. At the cemetery. <laughs> Yeah, not even kind of. Literally living yeah. at the cemetery. He has a little shack thing. His little with his little curly friend. Who's yeah, basically right? curly. <laughs> from the yeah, he he, <laughs> he 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 just reminded me of, like the look of that dude from the Human Centipede too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, he's just Nagi. this little short bald man. Nagi fat. Nagi. Yeah, Rupert Eppert. Rupert Evert <laughs> plays the. Uh, the main character, Francisco Della Morte. Um, Della Morte, I think, is Italian for death. And yeah, it's like Saint Vincent of Death or so- something like that. It's and Della Morte is, of course, the opposite, or not the opposite, but it's love, I think. Yeah, Della Morte. Um, Della Morte, yeah. Um, 
this movie right here, I've always kind of dubbed as, you know, if you put like Dead Alive together yeah, yeah. with like, you know, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead 2 um, this is kind of what you get. You know, it really does have the feel of Dead Alive. It's really oh, fucking yeah. strange. It totally has that look. And it's hard to believe this movie came out in 1994 because, you know, if you didn't know when you popped this movie in, when would you think it was made? Would you think 1994? No, I like definitely 90. think 94. Like 90. No, man, I just wouldn't know. Like, I just have a hard – like, it's so weird. Like, I would probably say – I don't 89? know. It's just, yeah, it's just really hard to kind of – you know, it just keep – you know, Suave – he created one of the most interesting nightmare atmospheres, dreamlike nightmare atmospheres I've ever seen on screen. It's this not thing, even that he created a, its own sort of like world. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's well, because, like definitely because, intentional, but yeah, no, it, uh, it is intentional because this is fucking all in his mind, man. In my opinion, Way to say no spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> well, that's just in my that's in my opinion. It, it I don't think there actually is a right or wrong thing to this film. You know, I mean, if you guys knew the history, like me, I, this is another one of these films where people are searching for answers left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, to exactly because there's so many weird things about this film. You know, like it's just the fact of okay, basically the short and long of this film is is that you know Rupert Everett plays his character and he works in a cemetery, and he works in the cemetery where, um, you know, after the dead are buried, seven days later they just well, come back to life. Seven days. Supposedly seven days later they come back to life, and you know he, has he just to, deals with the problem. He, he just deals with off. the problem. It's like regular <laughs> life for him. It's yeah, yeah. nonchalant. He just goes and kills him, and he goes on Gets like snaggy and the very him. first scene in the film where he shoots a zombie. He's talking on the phone. He shoots the zombie in the head and just keeps going back to what he's doing. Yeah. So it's all nonchalant. It's just it's his job, and he he says this over and over again in the film. He's like, it's just my job, and the the funny thing is, people know that what's going on, and apparently this is like the only cemetery where this happens, but no one seems to question it. Which is really strange. That's why you kind of think it's like in this alternate reality universe type thing. I, like, I think I, doesn't he drop a line though that he wonders if it's happening at other cemeteries? Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, like, yeah. the only reason he that does, I think- he does. But then he 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 says something so awesome. You know, he just kind of plays it off like, you know, I don't even care if it's <laughs> happening anywhere because I'm here to do this job and that's what I'm gonna do. He goes, really? I don't give a shit what's going on anywhere else. And I like that. I like that whole tone and attitude to the film. It's just like, I don't give a fuck. The only what is th- going on? I'm going to deal with this. The only scene where I see that sense of, well, one of the scenes, one of the major scenes, I think, that gets this message across that maybe it's in his mind is is the ending where Nagi well, we'll talks. Get, we'll get into that because yeah. I have my own theories as well. Okay. But let, let's talk about the the film uh, you know the the fake ass titties right now. So uh, there, there, there's it's there's these weird day to day things that happen to him. It, it, there's really no sense of rhyme or reason to to the rules and what's really going on here. Uh, we're just kind of with this character and seeing things that are happening to him and around him. Uh, he sees a girl that he finds to be the most beautiful girl in the world. Uh, he meets her. Uh, they have sex. She dies, ish. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, that well, dude, yeah. That I mean, is you find fucking beautiful, man. You you find out later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, her kid um, job's shitty. See, that's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting thing that I'll get to later. You know, JP's with my with my thoughts on this eyes. film. Why are you fucking rubbing your eyes? 
Um, I got contacts in. Oh, I thought you meant like all oh, because I said her titties look bad. No, it's no, like man. Three she just got big nipples, man. Fuck. Oh man, Anna Felch, she's so fucking hot. Yeah, man. I'm not dude, saying she's I, not hot. I'm just I just like her tit chops, man. I like them. I yeah. love them actually. I mean, oh, I okay, well, that that's one thing that you, we probably could say. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, it's actually the funny thing in this film, I think she was known as like just she or her or something like that. <laughs> like, she doesn't even have a fucking name. I don't believe it's kind of interesting, but um, it's one kind of interesting well, no, thing. That, she would have a name because she's married to that guy and the guy died. So I guess you would know her last name. Yeah, but I don't think he ever says her first name in the film at yeah, all. Her, her just, credit is just she, I believe. Is that what it is? Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, man. So there's one really interesting thing in this film that you find out um, that when you get bit by these zombies – nothing happens you don't necessarily die yeah so you know it kind of puts a real fucking interesting twist into the film but if you get bit do you go crazy well that's that's the whole thing this is where all the <laughs> theories of this film come from it's like yeah because he know, doesn't become crazy until he gets bit that's debatable I it is debatable, and yeah. that's the thing that this whole movie is just full of like theories and you know weird kind of things. But you know, let's talk about the specs in the film. Um, I, I personally think that the uh, just the look and the fantasy atmosphere of this film is so fucking amazing, man. It's like you know when you watch Dead Alive and it just has that feel to it. Yeah, it's like you just snag that from there. Yeah, it really does. The, and then just threw in like this crazy kind of nightmarish, weird. You could still see the strings on the fucking. Oh, yeah. Doors. I love that. It's I so love funny. It. I love that. It's so awesome. But, you know, like the nighttime scenes and like it's just it has this kind of fantasy nightmare look to it. It's just so fucking awesome. I love it, man. Yeah. Like when they go into the uh, mausoleum and there's like oh. all the skeletons everywhere. It, it's yeah. really bizarre. It's that's like the best word to describe this film it is it's be, it's bizarre beyond bizarre because even like when you're because you're just thrown into this and you're like what the fuck is going on there's this chick and she's like she's walking away from him and then he's like you know we have a mausoleum here and she's like oh my god and she wants to see it and you're like why does she want to see it and why are they going in there and why does they want to have sex now <laughs> you know you're just like why yeah, yeah. why why and it's it, you're just so like seriously. I was so into this one just because I wanted to know why. I just was so. But they never say why. <laughs> but I think that's uh, well. The thing, that's man. also debatable, kind of. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's the, there's there's things there that that kind of lead you to your own conclusions. There probably mm-hmm. is an answer. Like Michele Suave, Suave. I believe he probably knows what he was trying to do. I don't know if he's ever Mm -hmm. told anybody, but uh, I I think there's a lot of symbolism in this film and a lot of clues. Yeah, there is. You're ending. This movie Uh, is, you know, in the short long. Look at those like floating blue orb things. What Mm -hmm. strings attached? Uh, I actually didn't even see the strings, but I was. Yeah, you could see. Yeah, no, they're there. Um, But you know, there's that. How about? I think it's also done purposely. When mm-hmm. they're actually having sex, they're very sexual, by the way, this movie is. Uh, the, the the girl with the, uh, the statue behind her, the wings, uh, you know, it just her body goes right in front of it. And then there's a statue that has like wings on it. And it looks mm-hmm. like she has wings, like an, almost like an angel of death type thing. Uh, there's a lot going on in this. Way to go, JP. What? Mm-hmm. Subtext. 
Yeah. Never yes. talk about subtext. Who, me? Yes. I think I do, actually. I think I yeah. always bring this up. I mean, you know, in short and long, I mean, this movie is simply about life and death. Oh, yeah. Right? Especially and it's very sexually motivated. And love. And stuff. Yeah. And, and love. Exactly. Sexual and love and, you know, sexuality and love and stuff. Sex, love, death, and life. But, the you know, the major is question funny. is in this film is, is it reality or is it not reality? You know, I mean, there's a there's a lot of things going on in this film that you can look into and ask yourself, you know, is is Yunagi even a real person? You know, is you know, is like is this whole thing happening inside of Francisco's mind? Um, I think the snow globe has some sort of there's just endless questions. Right. You know, like, you know, it's interesting when you read things on this film and, you know, people's opinions and uh just their thoughts on it and stuff and it, it kind of gets you thinking but you know as far as i know i don't think there's any definitive answers to this film so i mean what exactly are your guys what, what's your thought jeremy on this film what do you think is really going on well do we want to do that right now i mean it's not really a spoiler i mean yeah, well it's, when it's, i start to talk about what i think is really going on it's definitely a spoiler okay um ratings <laughs> Seriously, ratings and we'll go into spoilers. Okay, well, well, no, we, I, well we can still that, talk. I, like, I love the music in this film. It's oh, very good. There's that one scene where the dude throws up on the girl. I found that so bizarre and just like, what? See, when the fucking girl gets her head ran over, it's fucking brutal. Yeah. Awesome. So awesome, man. So awesome. I just, I love, you know, I love Francisco because he totally reminds me of Bruce Campbell oh, in this yeah. film. Not, not only in yes. look, but just, just in tone. Like, he's just kind of he's just naturally funny. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like very good casting in this film. Just the way he delivers everything in the film. He's just kind of got this weird personality to him. Like he, he constantly throughout the film says that he's, you know, he just works here. You know, he's just the gatekeeper or the, the cemetery keeper. He's not an engineer and things like that. There's just like, there's so many weird things in this film that are going on that, uh, I guess we'll talk about in spoiler territory and stuff. But, um, uh, I don't know, man, I can't help but just absolutely love this film because there's nothing there's nothing more satisfying to watch something that you know potentially has so much more meaning and just having that type of look and just kind of figuring out this is the type of film you can watch over and over and over again and oh, probably yeah. pick out things like constantly but I just I love the nighttime setting in this film like some of the shots in this film again you know suave just beautiful cinematography Really, really great casting, and it's naturally his blue funny. styles again. Yes, exactly. The colors are amazing, but his natural ability, mm-hmm. you know, or the natural comedy in it, it's just so funny. There's so many funny parts in this movie, just the way dialogue is given. And I mean, there's goofy parts in this film that are really, really funny, though. Like, like I mean, like the, the, whole the, head, guy, the whole the whole head with Nagi, you know, oh, with, yeah. his, with his fuck, it's fucking I was funny, pissing my fucking self laughing, and when he's talking to her in the TV. <laughs> and then, like, so and then the mayor's like, "You're on TV." <laughs> yeah, man, it's fucking so funny, man. But I just love when, like, when Francisco's digging up the body, and he's just or he fucking, <laughs> or when uh, Nagi, when he grabs the head and he pulls it right off the body, <laughs> it's just so natural. He's like, "Okay, I'll roll with it." <laughs> fucking I, great. I, I just, love. I love the comedy. It's not silly, but it's you just kind of roll with it. And it just no, there's perfect. a lot of subtle comedy, like where uh, the, he's talking about. Uh, believe nagi and mm-hmm. he's saying you know he he hates when the leaves get away and stuff and he's just like trying to hold all the leaves down it, that 
it was just funny, you know. <laughs> it's that never winning battle. You yeah, can't right. <laughs> and I think that is even symbolizing the uh, the dead coming back to life. Like, there's so much of it in here that mm-hmm. I was just picking it out. I was picking it exactly. out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there, there's some great scenes in here. I love when the uh, like the statue of death, the the Grim Reaper himself. Like, I love how that was done. How it looks. Yeah, it looks like a uh, Halloween prop. There, there's so much mm-hmm. stuff in here. The skull that he's trying to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, you can, which is a huge metaphor in itself, though. Too, right? Yeah, Nagi's yeah. able to rebuild it, but he isn't. So it's like, oh, what does that mean about? Well, see, you know, this is where you get into spoilers, and so, like that's why I was kind of on the theory of like, you know, how this is. It could be possibly all in his head, and you know, the fact that he can't build that skull, and you know, Nagi can. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of, you know, that's a big representation of what's going on right there and why I think the Nagi is representing the good side of him and he's more of the, more of the, you know, the evil side. I know? think that uh, it, 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 it helps with, um, I think what it kind of is also saying is that uh, Nagi is like free and he is, he is kind of trapped to his own Mind. issues and uh, that's, he, he struggles with this skull. Meanwhile, Nagi could just come in and do it because he doesn't have these, the this never-ending problem in front of him, because uh, he's just free. He's just he's doesn't have problems. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that that's interesting too. Um, you know, I I don't want to you know go scene by scene, but one scene in this film that just it floors me, and like I literally, like I almost piss myself every time I see this. It's the the scene where he's at the hospital and he's trying to talk. Yeah, to and the he's dude. just fucking blowing out everybody's brains. Fucking, so it's just the way he does. It. He just turns and he just shoots the fucking. I think yeah. it was the nun first, and then the yeah. then the doctor, doctor then, the, then nurse. the nurse. Yeah. Fuck, and the way it goes down, it's just like it's so fucking funny, man. Because it's like so because surreal. He doesn't, have, he doesn't show any emotion. He just like no. turns, shoots back to talking that's the thing that's why it just it's so surreal the way it's filmed and it just you know that's the beauty of this film suave manages to capture that same tone throughout the film no matter what he's doing in any scene like when it goes outside the cemetery you know you would think that it would kind of change the mood and the atmosphere a little bit at times but it doesn't yeah you know it still feels surreal it feels like you're in a dream and that's what makes this movie movie so fucking beauty man it's just it's so awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. so awesome. I can't stress how much I love this movie. It's just amazing to me. But um, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about it, you know, without just giving spoilers. You know, yeah, so spoilers. you want to go into ratings and then we'll get into uh, the spoilers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I yeah, guess I'll go first this time since I haven't went first. Um, I think this movie offers so much. I really do. I, I think that I'm starting to piece things together, but I don't know if I ever truly know. And uh, unless, you know, Suave tells us himself, uh, which I don't I know don't if he ever has <laughs> or if he ever should. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't have very – I honestly don't have very many problems with it at all. Uh, it, I, I wish that I knew more about – about piecing it together. So if I knew that there was for sure a, a answer, then I'm that it was like genius or something that, then I, I would, you know, be, I would, I'd be on the stage of giving a perfect rating, you know, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. 
Okay. Jeremy? Well, I typically just do what I always do. Say my rating. 9 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm surprised you came in that high, actually. Why? It's a fucking awesome movie. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I'm always surprised when you're like, that's a 9. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, dude, I've I've been in lo- in love with this film for for so long. I think this just is one of those films that I just can never get enough of. Maybe it's the simple fact that it has so much to offer and the fact that you know, maybe it's just open for interpretation and it's one of those films that you can watch and just kind of go, "Well, that's what it's about." Or this is what it's about. You know, it has so much replay value and you just find yourself kind of, you know, digging deeper and deeper into it and, you know, it just has everything I like in film. I like that subtle comedy the beautiful aspects of it. I, you know, the beautiful titties in the film, the, you know, and women that, does, you know, that of course helps too. Show you know, me those boobs. Some, some really interesting when the girl gets her fucking, and that's one funny thing in the film too, is like the one, the girl that, you know, gets her head run over by the bus is the girl that, you know, yeah. they kind of push, piece her back. I'm like, wow, they did a pretty good bitch job on her head there considering <laughs> her head got demolished. That kind of made me That's laugh. like Pet cemetery. Exactly. Biggest plot hole in the movie. There's yeah. a kid should be paced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just like two stitches on yeah. her face. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, this one probably going to surprise you guys a lot. And, you know, I've always had this, you know, this minor, minor phobia of doing this, but I'm going with a 10 on this. I love oh my this movie. God. Oh, that's I a first love, history. He did a I, 10. I love, love this movie. And I was watching again last night, literally on the edge of my seat. I didn't even, I was typing on my computer, I was taking notes and I didn't even move. Like I was just watching. I was like, I hadn't watched it in about a year and a half. And I just all of a sudden had this appreciation for this film. Like I've never fucking had before. And I was just like loving every second. I was getting chills while I was watching. I'm like, this movie is so good. It's so good. And then I got all down when it ended because I was like, (laughs) Suave didn't do anything else after this, man. How the fuck can you end your, your horror career on this shit, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so I, down. Like, I, he, this it's like he was progressively movie. getting better. I know, right? Oh, and yeah. This movie just has so much to offer. And I'm like, damn, dude. Ugh, I just want to have a conversation and be like, can you please make another? <laughs> just come on. Before you die. Ugh, it's so well, sad. It's so sad. But Well, guys, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a 10, 9, oh. and 9 equals 28, which Holy shit, does I didn't make that. our Hall of Fame. And we will induct it this episode. So with a rating of 9 from me, a 9 from Jeremy, and a 10 from Moods, Cemetery Man from 1994 will be inducted into the 22 Shots Hall of Fame, our newest inductee. I think that's pretty cool. I was not sure if that would happen, but I think it's pretty cool. Definitely, definitely a high caliber film. Everybody should see this. And, uh, that that will be the end of the show until and you know we're gonna go into the spoiler territory now. Yeah. Okay, JP, do you wanna oh, start shit. or Jeremy? You can start too. Nope, JP. Okay, so I do agree that it's in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one thing that I was thinking, and I'm not sure if I this is when he gets crazy or not. See, I don't, I don't. It, that is a good. Uh, concept as well I, I i i'm not really sure though but one thing that I, I i do feel that this could be an answer is uh the character of franco we have mm-hmm. francesco which is our lead character and then franco franco is in a coma 
yeah. at the end of the film. So you think Franco is Francisco? I do. Franco, Franco is Francisco. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's exactly I, what I'm thinking. That's why I'm thinking this is all this is all happening inside the coma. Yeah, yeah. He's trapped. Mm-hmm. That's why things are so odd, and that's why people are like, "Oh, well, are those? Oh, is that somebody bar-wise? just killed somebody upstairs?" Well, no. <laughs> there's there's scenes in the film that they, it kind of it kind of you know elaborates on this a little bit because it's so surreal. Like, you know, they're putting barbed wire up on the fence, and like, okay, is that to keep the zombies out or in, or to keep them from getting in? You know, like, no, no, they you know they get out sometimes. You know, it's like normal conversation. Like that shit doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like weird fucking dialogue. Like, and like the old lady, just, like the old lady dialogue. Yeah, there's just weird things, and you know that are going on in the film where you know generally these type of things wouldn't happen. But uh, I don't know. That's just anyways. JP, go on. Okay, so I didn't know that if you guys would think th- so. Obviously, you guys thought that as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think the snow glow. I think throughout the film, there's all these hints of that yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. There's all these things that these clues, if you will, that lead to what happened to him previously. I yes. think that the sl- snow globe is something that represents his coma. He's trapped in there. Exactly. Uh, the end of the world as like you can't escape it. You know, the, yeah, the yeah. world like drops off almost. Uh, I think that uh, the the reoccurring girl is is a yeah, past that's like lover. Like he loves her. Well. That's the thing that he did. I also think that. Um, the uh, burning of the prostitutes, I think, has to do with whatever happened in his past life yep. or his yep. mm-hmm. out-of-the-coma yep. life where he was uh, – he obviously did something very bad which re- ended up resulting in where he eventually led and it probably had something to do which with – Which goes the into the fact of with- – you know, Maybe the- like after he like the prostitute situation, that's how he got into the coma. Like, oh, something happened mm. and – because he was running from the cops or something because he just killed all these prostitutes and that's why he's in the coma that he's in. I will tell you one thing that I didn't touch on in the actual film. When he lights that fire and then he gets in his car and you see the reflection of the yeah. fire come up, dude. I thought that was brilliant, the car fire. Brilliant because that's also a symbol symbolization of the character of yeah, the yeah. flames around him. Because mm-hmm. like quite literally you're seeing him – and the flames are equal. They're, he's he's essentially. It looks like he's burning. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anything. I mean, there's. Well, I, I'm wishing I could the, think of all the scenes, but there's so many that represent. There, there's one scene in the film where you know he, um, you know he kind of comes to a conclusion in the film where he figures that he killed the the hot girl. Mm-hmm. You know, and he realizes that he did kill her. Yeah. After he gets bit, and he's like, "Holy shit." You know, and that's right at the point where he kind of snaps in the film and he goes on a killing spree and starts doing like crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, at that point is kind of, you know, he's guilt stricken. You know, he's the he was responsible for her death, you know, because initially he thought that, you know, once you get bit by the, the zombies, mm-hmm. you turn, you're dead. But then when he realizes that he actually killed the love of his life. He fucking snaps. And he goes yeah, on. This so I think that that was his wife in his previous life. Exactly. Yeah, did something yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he, in her death because he, he can't f- apologize because of, I don't know, maybe I think maybe that's why he's trapped because he feels like something went wrong with his relationship with his wife that he can't say uh, uh, sorry about something. And he's, See, that's I why think, he's trapped in, in this mm-hmm. snow globe. I think he's in a coma. See yeah, now, when, yeah. see, now once you once you bring it full circle and you think about the uh, the zombies and stuff, like 
what exactly is the symbol there? You know, them coming back to life is is a symbol is, is for a fact is a it's he, a representation of dealing with, with his demons, guilt with demons with his, they will never leave they just keep coming back exactly he's dealing with them. you can kill them and think you got rid of them and they just keep coming up they keep exactly. coming up it's, it's a perfect it's, re- zombies are a pe- perfect representation of that yeah they keep coming back to him he's fucking he's dealing with his guilt man you know so yeah and i think there's coming back some to stuff haunt the shit there uh, there's a line that the uh, Grim Reaper actually delivers. I forget the fucking line, but I think that even uh, lends to the point that we're all making. Um, the the angel of death wing things. That it's there's clues throughout the film that that are still, letting I you know think, what's going on. Yeah, I still think the uh, you know the end scene where him and Nagi are driving, you know, to get the fuck out of there, and you know the scene where they're driving through the tunnel. Yeah, I mean that's just a huge fucking metaphor for death right there. I mean, this is what happens when you're in a coma, right? Don't you see the white light and you see a tunnel? Yeah, yeah, and shit like that. And then when you come, when you well, get through it, you I come to the end it, of the earth, and that's you know mm-hmm. that's. Like, like, I, I thought like it, when they were like zooming on the car, like the the motorcycle and the mayor's daughter, like the motorcycle driver was representative <coughs> Delamorte, and the rep and the mayor's daughter was. Sh- was you know his wife i mean just the fact and that like his last they, name is delamorte and like something happened like their life went too fast and then it crashed and burnt and that's why he's in the situation that he's in now yeah and the coffin falling into the water mm-hmm. uh there there's i think that also moves that tunnel scene oh yeah and that basically kind of you know kind of solidifies the fact of you know where i was going with it yeah that's that's a good point uh, and also the tunnel scene moods uh I think that like the white light could represent, you know, a afterlife, but then once he fully goes through, he's just in purgatory. I, I think it, yeah, exactly. You know, he's in a coma. You're seeing that white light maybe. Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's I think the coma represents purgatory as well. Exactly. I think so. Yeah, man. Dude, this movie's good. <laughs> right? This movie's I know. fucking I good, man. I feel like man. I should even give it a higher rating. <laughs> I know, dude. That, that's why, because I, I had these thoughts, and like I was like, okay, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this shit, too. It, it's but. not often that you pull so much from a film on, on a first watch that doesn't tell you any of it. I know, dude. But, but it's all there. This... It's all there for oh, you to dude. see and figure I'm out. I'm telling you, man. Watch this movie again. Jeremy, I know you don't rewatch movies, yeah, but yeah. watch it again, man. It's like, holy fuck, dude. I'm telling you. Like, I never realized how good this movie was until I rewatched it again. I was like, holy fuck, and man. And I think that might happen to me. You know, I might Loved give it. it a 10 the next time I watch it. It, it honestly, it's probably going to be one of my favorite movies now. Yeah. And dude, I don't like, say that lightly. I don't say that often. I know, right? I know. Like, I've always enjoyed this film, but they, it's different when, you know, you kind of grow as someone that watches films and you kind of start to analyze things differently. I mean, Jeremy, you know. Oh, yeah. Jeff, <laughs> you know. And, you know, and it's this is a perfect example of a film that I would have never dug into this, you know, 10 years ago. There's not a fucking chance. I would have been like, man, that's pretty cool looking film. Had some nice tits. Next. Yeah. According to Jeremy, they weren't nice, but I disagree. Fuck, she's so hot, man. Holy shit. really hot. Hey, I didn't say they weren't nice. They just looked like shit. That's exactly saying they weren't nice. Okay, guys. God, I don't, know how, I don't know what the hell you're looking at. Were you looking at his tits or something or what? Yeah. Well, they're on the fucking cover of the new Blu-ray edition. So I, I know. Just, I want yeah. that Blu-ray. Is it out of print now? Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's been gone for a while. Uh, I know. I never caught that either. That is one of the greatest eyeballs. images ever. 
I love that scene, man, where his hand is kind of covering up her yeah. badge. Oh, it's yeah. fucking great, man. It's so great. But yeah, man, this movie is just so much more than meets the eye, and that's what I love about it. I honestly think that uh, if you've never seen this film, it's one that you have to see. This is one of those films, I believe Horror's Ball like kind of coined this term, term, Tom, which is a rooftop film. It's a mm-hmm. film that you see that maybe not the whole world knows about, and you just, you're just you so excited afterwards that you just want to climb to your rooftop and say, I saw an amazing yeah. film. You want to scream it to the world. <laughs> it's a great term, man. Awesome. Yeah, he was really – he did a lot of analogies like early on it, and, and I, I love them <laughs> because it, that is the feeling that you get, man. I mean like you just – like I, I just want to tell people that hasn't seen this film, like people in my regular life who, who maybe even sort of like film – I, this is one that I want to recommend. I want to be like, dude, you got to see Cemetery, man. It's crazy. It's it's just you can't you can't describe it. You just gotta have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a movie that you would show somebody like, hey, you know, you want to get into Italian films? Check this out. <laughs> you know, I don't think rec- it really. I I honestly don't. It, I, I'm not the greatest person to gauge this, but I don't feel like it represents the Italian films that I've seen. This this feels like a different beast. No, it does. It does. It totally does. Like I said, because it actually feels like Dead Alive, which is from New Zealand, and Zealand, it totally yeah. feels like that film. Like I, I don't know what it is, but could you like watching Dead Alive and Cemetery Man back to back as a double feature would be incredible. That's a great double feature. Yeah, yeah, it is. It definitely is. I think it would be fucking awesome. So, I would love to see this on film. Yeah, dude, so good, so good. Oh yeah, thirty-five millimeter would be fucking awesome. If it was even shot on, if there's this, even a print. This guy, it, it honestly is a shame that Mikel <laughs> so Suave, Suave has not made more films. I mean, like this, this was his high point, his high watermark, and, and well, horror films. Like he, yeah, yeah, kind of stuck in Italy and then just started doing other genre films, like you know, dramas and fucking yeah. like action and thrill it's really really strange and they're like all tv films so yeah. i would you know, like I, I don't know this film if it was this successful or what but I, yeah was this I like a throwaway film that just away. yeah was this like a throwaway film that just turned out to be like an amazing amazing film like Who knows? i don't know what the story is with this film it's really strange but i don't know now but it's honestly i what, what's kind of interesting to me is that it's Based on a novel? Uh, I think it's based on the Dylan Dog character. I don't really know much about Dylan. I, you met, I know there was a Dylan Dog film that came out, what, a few years back or whatever. You guys ever see that? No. Uh, no, never seen it. Yeah, I think it's based off the um, the comic stri- or something. like. I don't really know much about it, man. I sound really ignorant, but I just don't know a lot about. But I'm pretty sure that this movie is based off of Dylan Dog. Well, I so, I really am curious to see what uh, you know the listeners have to say about apparently this it was one. super popular. It was super popular in Italy for thirty, forty years or whatever it was, and um, yeah. So this is kind of take on it, I guess. Um, yeah, and you know, I think Brandon will be happy that we went into spoilers. I know Zach will be happy. So uh, hopefully, they stuck around and listened to us talk about it and kind of give our opinions. Yeah, we, we probably just heard the shit out of Zach said because he says sometimes when we get like too in depth about shit, he's just like, "What the fuck, Jeremy? Jeremy, geez, are you fucking, serious right now? Is this is this first season right now? Hell yeah, it's fucking two oh five in the a.m. Jesus Christ! 
Okay, oh, that's a good time to end the show, guys. You just had a two-lapse. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's going to do it for episode 63 of the 22 Shots and Moods and Horror. Of course, I am your host, M-O-O-D to the Z. We got and one left, yes. guys. One left. Mario Baba one left next week. Out. Yes, one left. And I'm- All right. Thank you, everybody, fucking- for listening to that. <laughs> I'm so fucking disappointed that you guys aren't watching uh, Blood and Black Lace on, and on fucking Blu-ray. Yeah, I am, too. That's fucking shitty, dude. The fucking Blu-ray looks so amazing. And I think the VCI, if any, if you guys are watching on that DVD, the aspect ratio is actually all fucked up. You know, get back to the aspect. You, you'll uh, notice it's all stretched out. It's all stretched to shit and it looks like shit. So I'm just going to tell you guys. But so hopefully that doesn't hurt the film if you guys are watching on that transfer. But um, yeah. Anyways, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Hope you enjoyed it. And yes, we next week we are doing... The maestro, not the master, the maestro, Mario Bava. Yeah, what are we doing? Black Sunday, Blood and Black Lace, and... Bay of Blood. Bay of Blood. Bay of Blood. Yeah. All right. Jeremy, take us the fuck out of here. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode number 63 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods six. One six. So if you want to follow the man, JP, aka the Mexican fucking asshole, you could do so at YouTube.com/slash/doubleshotj. And yes, he still hates Pee Wee Herman. And so always, you can follow me on my channel, YouTube.com/slash/nesruler22. If you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail at seven two four four two six 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 five. And if you have any, any questions, you can email us at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots of moods and the horror at gmail.com. So as you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast or twitter.com search bar at 22shotspodcast. And you can join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com search bar 22shots of moods and horror. And join the Facebook page where you could do the ABCs of horror or whatever short story (laughs) contest coming up where I shall be destroying everybody. And that shall do it for episode number 63 of the 22 Shots of Moods yeah, or Podcast. Yeah, we'll be back yeah, next week with yeah. episode 64. And I will leave you with these two, three Jeez. words. JP is an asshole. Yeah, and I'll leave you with this. Check out my other podcast. See you guys. Bye. Peace. <laughs>